Hello, Slasherphiles, and welcome to Slasher I Hardly Know Her. It's the show where all the opinions are real, all the commercials are fake. We're going to be diving into a horror movie today that you've probably heard of. If you haven't, get out there, watch it. It is 1990s Frankenhooker, directed by Frank Henenlotter, who you may know uh, from Basket Case or Brain Damage. Also, we have a very special guest on the show today. Hey, Alex, are you there? I am here. Micah. Hey, it's my brother for another mother. For another mother, from another mother. I don't know what for another mother would mean. A brother, my brother for, for another, another mother. I've brought you to offer to my mother. Okay, sweet. <laughs> to offer your body to my mother. Uh, I think you got off track here. What are we talking about? Oh, yes, this movie. Giving you to my mother. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about that. As a that, gift. Because I think your mom's a real nice, sweet lady, and I would never think of don't it Don't talk way. about my mom. I shouldn't have brought her up. On, I should never bring up my mother in front of you. Ah, uh, that's what she said. You're or a in front of person, a therapist. You'll... Hey! Whoa, what was that? Did you hear that? I, I That sounded like the sound of a special guest. It does. You know, from behind the curtain comes the voice of our special guest. Well, then let's waste no time. Ladies and gentlemen, she is a sex therapist. She's a doctoral student. She is a former sex worker. Please welcome to the show, Farah Bono. Yay. Hey, What's up, Farrah? All right, so I did the short version of your very long resume. Can you kind of break it down for us couple of dum-dums as far as what you do? So I am a counselor in Texas. I'm an LPC. I have a master's degree in counseling and development, and I'm working on my PhD in marriage and family therapy. My planned dissertation is on kink, and intimate partner violence. Essentially, how do you tell the difference between consensual yeah. sadomasochism and uh, abuse or intimate partner violence in kink relationships? Yikes, that sounds like a slippery slope with a lot of gray areas. Well, you know, you'd think that, but really at its core, it's about consent. Yeah. Man, Micah, oh. you've invited yet another guest that's way smarter than us onto the show, so... We have to do it for our audience, up, because they <laughs> get bored with us. They're like, well, he's a regular guy who brings smart people on the show, so that smart people have something to listen to, in addition to our constant jackassery. I see, I see, okay. So, that's actually so a common help... misconception. Um, you don't have to be smart to be in a PhD program. You just got to be stubborn. And you have to be masochistic. Ah, I see. <laughs> I see. Okay. That would probably help. Uh, absolutely. you got to be a glutton for punishment. No, I'm with you. Some of the dumbest people I've ever met have PhDs. So how Same. did you how did you get interested in this? I mean, like, what brought you to this line of study? I like to say thanks, family of origin. Everybody that is in counseling um, usually comes from a pretty fucked up family and they get into it saying, yep. man, I got to fix this shit. This is miserable. Sure. How do I fix everyone else? And then you realize it's impossible to fix everyone else. You just have to fix yourself. And that part really sucks. <laughs> so you had to work on you first? Absolutely. That That's, that's a lifelong project right there i'm still working on that one i'm 42 so Same. what will what will your career be will you go and practice professionally will you teach this like how, what what will the future hold for you well i am already a practicing clinician uh, i have a practice that works specifically with sexual minorities so kink ethical non-monogamy polyamory lgbtqia sex workers um, those are my niche populations 
uh, and I'm already working with them. I'm also a sex educator. The PhD really, um, I say that I have a PhD in spite. It's really just to <laughs> convince everybody else that I know what I'm talking about. Those credentials mean something to everybody else, but I already have the nuts and bolts to do what I do. So when you mean, uh, when you talk about sex education, uh, do does this include kids and going into schools? So one of my degrees is in child development and I worked in a child development lab for a few years. And the only thing I learned is I don't want to work with kids. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I do not generally work with kids. The kids are lovely. The parents are a sure. nightmare. So I yeah. don't work with kids, but I know plenty of people do yeah yeah i only say that because that's something i'm personally interested in because when i think about the sex education in the little christian school that i went to it was obscenely terrible not useful the only thing they succeeded in doing was making us terrified of sdis that weren't really that big of a deal and <laughs> uh you know worried that jesus was going to catch our genitals on fire for premarital <laughs> sex. That's really all I took away from it. I went to Catholic school, so I feel you. I mean, saying I went to Catholic school probably explains everything about the kink and all that. So <laughs> so uh, we picked uh, a movie because you said you were a former sex worker. We're like, well, how can we very sensitively pick a movie? So yeah. naturally, we went with Frankenhooker. Yeah, we... we, <laughs> we uh, we danced around it, and we were like, gosh, you know, is that too on the nose? And we both thought, no, <laughs> not at all. Uh, and so, yeah, we we gingerly touched. We put a lot of thought into this, and uh, here we are. As a former sex worker, can you educate us on which names are okay and which are not? I'll, I'll say a name that people have used in the past or present for a sex worker. You tell me, okay, not okay. Um, all right, are you ready? Well, first of all, it's going to depend on context, but I'll give you my impression. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, Grum roll, Alex. <laughs> uh, well, since we're doing Frankenhooker, Hooker. Uh, generally, no. Not okay. Hooker is out. So, Hen and Lauder, got to change the name of your movie. Uh, prostitute. Uh, generally, no. Lady of the Night. Like that, one. that one's a little iffy. That's more like Elvira, I guess. Yeah. Okay. 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 Uh, call girl. Uh, that's generally more acceptable. Okay. Okay. Escort. Yes. That one's okay. Escort's good. Maybe call girl. Uh, let's see. Let's go old fashioned. Trollop. <laughs> well, you can call anybody that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that that's specific to the profession. And I'm assuming whore is the worst one, right? Cause that's when you're about to stone someone back in the old days or in other places in the world currently. So I will say when I was a sex worker, we called each other whore all the time. Um, somebody else coming up that is not in the mm -hmm. industry and using that language, probably not going to have a good time with it. So you can call use... each other whores if you're if you're in the biz, but if I say it, then I'm going to get kicked in the face. Yes, that's our word, not yours. Got it. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, what uh, they and... use now is they call them providers. Mm -hmm. providers. Providers. That's the new one. That's the word that I'm most familiar with. Is they they're called providers, and the people who are purchasing services are called hobbyists. Yeah. 
Hobbyists. Providers and hobbyists. Huh. Yes. When I think provider, I think AT&T, Verizon. Well, it's like that, only sex. <laughs> uh, when I think hobbyist, I think coin collector, train enthusiast. Or well, vagina enthusiast. I would, you can vagina. But I would think that a hobbyist would be the opposite of a professional and uh, but you're saying provider instead of professional, so they're not opposites. You see what yeah, I'm saying? I'm not real sure why they would call them hobbyists. I don't actually know where it came from. Well, it's a hell of a hobby. I mean, like I'm all for this hobby, so consider me a hobbyist. <laughs> and Farah, you are like doubly qualified for this episode because you're a former sex worker, and we're talking about uh, a movie called. Uh, Franken provider <laughs> and and you are also a horror and Halloween enthusiast I am is that I right am. that's okay correct. I, I hear you like to blow things out of the water leading up to Halloween we do like um, you go big we absolutely do uh, in my garage right now we're actually gearing up for Halloween the skeletons come marching out of the fence line September 1st and in my garage, I have a full-size coffin that we roll out to the bottom of the driveway and we fill with ice and jello shots and candy bars. And the kids come up and get Fun. candy and the yard's a whole, a whole thing. Can't, the kids come get candy and jello shots. Yeah, well, what, the jello shots are for Fair the adults. <laughs> all those drunk kids, your yard must be a mess in the morning. <laughs> it is, it is, it's the worst. But I figure if hey, y'all are dragging, already have on diapers. Yeah, <laughs> if you're dragging your kids around in Texas heat all day long, you deserve a Jello shot. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. I agree. I, I think that's a. I'd I'd love to go to your house. That's better than full size candy bars. Oh, we have we, those too. Oh, fantastic! Good lord. Alex likes to go big for Halloween. I'm I getting do. there. I'm getting bigger each year. Last year we got like a. I don't know how many orange balloons and we threw those little tea lights in them. So they glow orange and we filled our front yard with it. So you had to walk through a sea of glowing orange balloons to get to our front door to get candy. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I like it. It was a lot of fun. Okay. So let's check out your pedigree. Uh, what, what scary movies do you like? Ooh. Um, I think my favorite, horror movie is Fido. Oh, 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 the zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Wow, I haven't seen that in years. I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember that made kind of a splash on the indie scene when that came out, whenever it came out. It's been a long time ago. What else do you like? Uh, I'm a big fan of zombie movies. Um, I like the most recent 13 Ghosts. That one was absolutely terrifying. I also like the older black and white The Haunting um mm -hmm. the ring scared the absolute shit out of me oh yeah those are probably my favorites and i can't do the torture porn like saw or hostile sure. i can't do those yeah yeah that can be pretty punishing on one's brain i understand that i like a little bit of gore if it just goes on forever and it's like here's a six minute scene of a guy hitting a guy in the face with a bat i'm like all right well I, I, after 30 strikes i'm like i get it but they're like oh keep watching Keep watching us destroy this man's skull over and over again. It can be a bit much. 
but we're going to have a guy on down the road. He is a reviewer, uh, an expert in the world of extreme horror, so that's his jam. So, uh, Alex, get ready. We're probably going to have to watch one of these uh, torture porn movies. Ah, uh, we've probably watched worse. Okay, speaking of movies, we're here to talk about a particular <laughs> film. Speaking of worse movies. <laughs> what, what did you guys think of uh, Frankenhooker? Well... First, don't you have to give us a blurb? Oh, a blurb for Frank Hennenlotter's horror masterpiece, Frankenhooker yeah. from 1990? Yeah. I suppose I could do my, my best to come up with a, with a blurb. All right. Well, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Let me get my movie voice ready. Jeffrey Franken, a young man who lives in New Jersey, is a worker at a power plant and a scientist who specializes in bioelectricity. He's about to marry his fiance Elizabeth. At the birthday party of Elizabeth's father, Jeffrey presents him with an automatic lawnmower as a gift. But when Elizabeth tries to demonstrate it, she's caught in its path and gruesomely killed. Jeffrey then sets to working on bringing his ex-lover back to life. It's an update of the classic Frankenstein story. It is Frankenhooker. And, uh, yeah, there's a blurb for you. Uh, well the blurbs done, I could guy. find on the internet were only so good, so I had to riff a little bit there. I, so if it was a little spotty in spots, that's why. I think it was phenomenal. I did my best. I think you nailed it. Great job. High and five. Uh, great job. So all that warbly awfulness you heard, Farah, when you listen to the show, will sound amazing, yeah. like an epic movie trailer. <laughs> will, will I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> will actually sound beautiful in the show, isn't it? Doesn't it sound beautiful, listeners? You heard the good version. Yeah. Just nod in your car or on the on the trampoline it's or whatever you're just doing. Just not as good on the phone. That's all. Um, I'm assuming our listeners are on trampolines. So this uh, this movie just gonna skate right over that, uh, Alex? Huh? Well, I thought eventually. I'm giving you gold. I thought and you just keep. Going. I thought eventually we should talk about the movie. Like at, at right, some fine. point, let's talk about Frankenhooker. We should talk about Frankenhooker, which is somehow a movie that had escaped my viewing, but I knew it was out there. You know. Uh -huh. And I'd never seen it either. This was my first time. You got Hennenlotter and uh, and Troma teamed up there, so you kind of know what you're getting into. And yeah. I also, until your blurb, I thought that that for some reason, I, <laughs> this is going to sound so stupid. Whatever party they're at at the start, mm -hmm. where they give the old man the gift of the lawnmower. Yeah. I did not think that was a lawnmower. I thought it was a snowblower and uh, that his... It doesn't look like any lawnmower I've no, ever No, not at all. It looks more like a snowblower. It has that open face trench thing with the, the tines or whatever. But I, And then I put all this thought into it. I was like, oh, well, I guess it's his birthday and his birthday's probably uh -huh. in the summer, but they must live in some cold-ass place with snow. So it's a great sure. gift. Uh, because it's not snowy at all when he gets the gift. So I was very confused and it made up a lot of backstory. But apparently it's a lawnmower that this woman gets chopped into pieces by. 
I like that you tried to fill in the gaps for them and be like, well, it's probably this and that, and that's why it's a snowblower in the summer. Yeah, uh-huh. I had I had a whole thing worked out. Okay, so you've gone ahead and taken us into the opening scene. Yeah, Dad's excited. Uh, our main character, what do we say his name is? Jeff. He is, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's starts off the movie, he's in the kitchen. Nobody seems to at all be put off or bat an eye about his working on a brain with an eyeball in a tank that he's just doing in the kitchen while people come around. They're like, oh, well, I guess, I guess that's just Jeff. He's got a, what looks to be a human brain in a tank. With one eyeball on it. With well, one big silly eyeball. It was, yeah, it is oh, Jersey. Oh, that's true. You can say that. You were born there. <laughs> uh, right? You're a Jersey girl. Didn't I, I get am. that right? I am. So Jersey, then Florida, now Texas. Yep. I just got no sense. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got out of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and went to Texas. Uh, speaking of, Come on. Uh, well, I was born in Texas, so, you know. I can't hate on Texas too much. What am I talking about? Of course I can't. It's too hot. That's my biggest problem with Texas. I want to move to Alaska. But anyway, back to Jeffrey and his brain. So he's working on that. And then his girlfriend comes in and is like, hey, we're going to do the presents. And dad gets that. And the lawnmower is remote control. Going to make his life so much easier. This old man will be able to mow his lawn sitting on his porch swing. Uh, she turns it on, starts to move it. And he's like, Jeff uh, makes very impotent attempts to say get out of the way of the lawnmower it's going to kill you. I think you. he just says don't he just stand there or don't stand he doesn't get in front up. of that. He doesn't yell. He doesn't jump up to save her. He just sits there. <laughs> what is that? What do they call that? Uh, uh, not passerby. Uh, um, bystander syndrome or bystander complex. Something bystander like that. Bystander effect. You see a cr- bystander effect. Something terrible is about to happen um, and you just kind of sit there. Why do we do that? Hey, Farrah, why do we do that? <laughs> it's called why did a Jeff diffusion just sit there? of responsibility. Everybody sees it as somebody else's responsibility to do a thing about it. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading stories about like some, there's somebody getting stabbed in an alley and there's a bunch of people around and everybody just kind of watches. Uh, I was in a speech class once when I was in college. People had to get up, give a speech. This girl had a very acute fear of public speaking. She starts to do her speech. She's behind a podium. We're all in the classroom under fluorescent lights. And then she stops speaking. She sort of sways a little bit. We're all just watching. And then kablam, she falls backward, hits her head. She passed out. And everyone just kind of sat there, including the professor, and stared for a while (laughs) until finally somebody was like, oh, we should probably check on her. Yeah. But it took a while. It probably took too long. It does. The story you're talking about, that's, uh, I think, Kitty Genovese is the name uh, yeah. where we got that phenomenon from. Uh, yikes. Yikes. That's scary. So that's what happens to Jeff, I guess. He's making these uh, sort of impotent uh, attempts to say, get out of the way. It doesn't work. And then well, he, uh, he was a cross. Blood on a lawn troll. I mean, Gnome. To give him some credit, he was further away than anyone. And he was the only one doing anything. No one did anything. I mean, that old man that they were giving the lawnmower to, he was standing right next to her. And he's apparently, you know, able-bodied enough to use a lawnmower and be excited about it. So I to think be he fair, can move her. How many 
times do people give homicidal lawnmowers as gifts? I don't think anybody knew the danger other than him. Exactly. He is to blame. He's the only one that knows what it's going to do and what it can do. They're all like, is this part of the show? Is this what it's supposed to do? But also... I mean, there are blades coming towards her, and not that quickly, I might add. Kind of like that steamroller scene in Austin Powers where the guy's like, <laughs> yeah. no, and yeah. he has like five minutes to get out of the way, but he never moves. She, I think she could have probably gotten out of the way before that. We got that little <laughs> tiny splash of blood onto a, a, what is that, a garden gnome, and that's how the movie starts. Uh, that's, let's not gloss over the fact that she is also wearing the worst fat suit ever. They're trying to make her look bigger. I watched the Joe Bob Briggs version of this, so I got all the behind the scenes because Hen Lauder was there. Uh But they didn't have the budget or the time to make her face like with any prosthetics to make her look bigger. So she was just wearing this big flowy jumpsuit thing as like an effort to make her look bigger than she was because she was a skinny little thing, you know. But uh, I didn't understand why that was important other than the fact that he wanted, I mean, he wanted to bring his wife back, but he also wanted her to be prettier than she was, was the uh, whole thing. Or his girlfriend, see, rather. See, I didn't even get that she was supposed to be, you know, overweight or uh, whatever. Yeah, um, it doesn't come across. So that makes the ending make a lot more sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was trying to, he was just trying to make her better. Other than okay. the comment about right. the pretzels, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I think that would have been a lot more clear for dum-dums like me had they taken the time to, you know, either hire somebody who was actually overweight or, you know, make that big puffy fat suit for her like they do in, in a lot of movies. Yeah, it was it was a poor excuse for it. All right, so listen, do you, we got a lot to get to. Do you want to get to uh, a round of final girl? Let's do it. Let's tease all the great things to come. So we're going to play uh, the world's greatest game show, Final Girl. It's, it's quite possibly the most thrilling game show anyone's ever heard or seen. We're going to award our crunchiest kills to this phenomenal masterpiece, 1990s Frankenhooker. Uh, and we'll talk about what else we're into and maybe even get into the news of the year, which might have a little trivia this time. All right. But first, yes, Final Girl. Alex, can you help me? talk about how this game works well i can tell you we have quite the instagram following and so that's the only way you can enter right now although i guess we could start something on facebook but we don't have it so if you want to enter you go to instagram and you answer the question that we post we say if you were in a horror movie what would your name be and uh you put in your suggestions we pick the best ones out of the bunch i believe we pick eight names Uh, Eight names names out of the bunch, and uh, we'll see who is the final girl. You will be put into teams of two until that final round in which you will be, Micah? Ripped into. Ripped into, and will not necessarily face off, but one of you will be the final girl. The other, of course, the unfortunate victim. The way you win this yeah. game, well, you don't do all those quintessential things that would get you killed mm. in a horror don't movie. Do it. Don't say, I'll be back. Don't drink. Don't do, don't do drugs. Don't have sex. Mm. And maybe you will survive. Uh, 
to win our mystery prize. That's what it is. It ultimately, you get the title of Final Girl, plus you get our mystery prize, which comes in a very cool box and is itself pretty cool. Micah, did I cover everything? That's everything, yeah. All right. We're about to have a lot of dead people here in the studios of Slasherville. Whoa. Seven dead, only one of you's making it out to the end of this alive. Let's uh, hear who's playing this week. Okay, let's meet this week's contestants. Up first, Karma. First name, last name, Sabich. Karma, Karma Sabich. Ah, welcome to the show, Karma Sabich. Guess who submitted this name? It was our guest, the writer-director of Don Damage and Zomboobies, Mr. Mike L. Taylor. Oh, nice job. Creeping back into our lives nice via Final job, Girl. Thanks Mr. for submitting that, Mike. Well done. All right. Uh, next up, we have Respush, Respushia Latrice Williams. Okay. Some of these names, I'm not sure how to pronounce. I don't read good. All right, you two are on a team together. Let's meet our next team. Uh, it is Danny Dimples Delasky <laughs> like and it. Wilma Cox. All right, okay. All right, Danny, Wilma, welcome to the show. Next team, it is 666 and Jenny Tonic. Okay, fantastic. Finally, our last team. Oh, a return player from our previous episode, Sacagawea. And you are teamed up with Etienne Wheeler. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, guys. All right, let's throw these names into the hatch, into the wheel of death. We'll spin that wheel. Right. Wow. And who is out first is Karma Sabich and Rasputia Latrice Williams. I guess it'd be Rasputia, like Rasputin, Rasputia. Yeah, I guess you guys agree. Thanks for the confirmation. Wow. Am I doing this show alone, Alex? <laughs> I'm sorry. I was having an audio issue here. Oh, that's right. That's right. You got a lot of buttons yeah. to push. I'm sorry. I should say sorry, I didn't realize you were asking me. Like, I'm not qualified to weigh in on that. None of the responsibility is on your shoulders. You are a guest. If I am blaming anyone, it's Alex. It's always Alex. Just rest assured. Um, okay. Karma, Raspushia. Yeah, I think that's it. I'm going to read you your fate. Here we go, Miss Sabich and Miss Williams. Roses are red, violence is two. Going to smack you with a knife until you're blue, but I won't kill you. For now, you'll keep your life. I can only beat you with the broad side of this knife because you don't smoke or drink or screw, but I know you've thought about it, so I'll keep hitting you. You survived. Wow, you survived. That was uh, that was a lot. That was a good rhyme to start off with. I didn't write many of these this week. <laughs> I like that the killer uh, is just hitting someone with a knife. Yeah. Not stabbing, not cutting, just beating them with the broadside of a knife because they haven't done any of those things that will get you killed yet. But you thought about it. I know you thought about it. All right. Up next, out of the hatch, come Danny Dimples Delasky and Will McCox. Will McCox what? That's just, that's, a, that's all for your imagination to come up okay. with. Okay. Will McCox. All right. As you lie in your bed counting sheep, a light through your window did creep. It cast a cruel shadow against your wall of a beast seven feet and eight inches tall. Dare you investigate the source of your dread? You take a deep breath and stay in bed. You survive. You survive. Good idea. 
Don't explore. Don't go look after strange can't, sounds in the night. Can't That's do a it. good way to die. Can't do it. I like to say I'm white, but I'm not. I'll go see what that sound is, white. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, my wife educates me on many of the silly things that we do. Um, let's see here. Okay. Okay. Next up. Sacagawea, Etienne Wheeler. Wheeler. Gotta get that H in there. Duty, 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 do, says Wizzo the Clown, as he giggles and screams, rubbing a charm up and down. Duty, 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 do, eat moleskins and poo. Not poo like Bronx Zoo, but poo like the do. No way, you say. No poo for this foo. You eat pieces of shit for breakfast and act like one, too. You survived? What the fuck was that? I don't even know if that made sense. It's like some insane clown posse or something. What are you doing? I don't know. Says he didn't write any rhymes for this week's Final Girl, but I'm pretty sure I don't remember writing that. That was a great one, you have to admit. That was a phenomenal rhyme. And if you want the subtext, you're not looking into the subtext, uh-huh. you see. T- teach me. It's Take me there. It's a kink. It's a poo-eating kink. And okay. so, like, she's like, no. <laughs> not, I'm not into that, poo. And so she survives because the uh-huh. killer would have uh-huh. killed her if she was into the kink. If she- if she had eaten poo, and, uh, <laughs> right. is a charm just a charm, or is that something? Uh, is that is that for something? Remember else? Remember Wizzo the clown we talked about many many episodes ago. He's from the. Oh Buzzer no, show. I know you're a big fan of Wizzo the clown, <laughs> yeah. who no one else has heard of right. but you. Right. Well, he used to say "duty, duty, do" as he rubbed his charm. Oh, all right. So you're you're catering to all those hardcore Wizzo fans <laughs> that we have among our listeners. That was for you, Wizzo fans. <laughs> Farah, in case you don't know, Wizzo the Clown, kind of like Howdy Doody, an old-time clown from when, Alex? From the 80s. The 80s. Wizzo old the Clown. Time. You're the only okay. kid who saw this. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy Doody's a lot older. Okay, Wizzo, I didn't know Wizzo was that current uh, that he was around in the well, 80s. I mean, I knew about him. It's not like I knew about old clowns when I was a kid. Of course. What kid doesn't know about old clowns? Yeah. Who are you? Know, like the history of old clowns. He was just on TV. You know, I'm, usually, I'm still hung up uh, on the whole. The '80s is old time. Like, I agree. Right? That's offensive to me. I, I'm still hung up on Alex's encyclopedia clown knowledge of clowns of yore usually when guests come on a show uh you know the the host asks questions and they have all the questions but farah i'm sure the more you learn about alex the more questions you have I'm, i don't ask those kind of questions i know better thank you this is yeah. not my first rodeo <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. the important all right the important part of my clown business is my business all right i'm sorry i'll quit giving you a hard time about wizzo um Finally, last names out of the hatch, 666 and Jenny Tonic. Uh-oh. The theater is full. The movie is playing. In your pocket, your phone starts vibrating. You sneak a quick pee to see who did text. The glow from your screen gets people vexed. 
You put your phone away and resume watching Shrek. Next thing you know, there's a wire around your neck. As you suffocate, you manage to ask, but why me? The killer whispers, you texted during the movie. You die. <laughs> and they deserve to die. They fucking deserved it. If you pull out your phone during a movie, I want you dead. Yeah, they absolutely deserve to die. Was that the correct number of people? Did we have three deaths and one? I mean, one death and three survives? We did. Okay. Karma, Rasputia, Danny, Wilma, Sacagawea, Eddie, and you will all make it to the next round. 666, Jenny Tonic, you are dead. Rest in peace. Fantastic. Rest when in peace. When we come back, we're going to talk some more to our very special guest, Farrah Bono. We're talking about Frankenhooker. We're talking about kink, sex worker, biz. We'll get some more inside scoop on that. We got to learn how accurate is Frankenhooker. All of that and more when we come back. Now a word from our sponsors. Rougher than toast crumbs, dry as the desert. Not prime conditions for us to screw. When you need some more lubrication, it's Dr. Scott's Oily Condoms for you. Slick and greasy, they lay the runway. Oily coitus, genital stew. When you say oily, I say rubbers. It's Dr. Scott's Oily Condoms for you. Hi, I'm Dr. Scott. You may know me from my appearances on Slasher I Hardly Know Her, my groundbreaking work on understanding tall people, or maybe even the titty bar. Let's be honest, no matter how much you love the lady you lay with, that beautiful sex you're having, it's all about you and how you feel. That's why I invented Dr. Scott's Oily Condoms, my unique blend of condoms mixed in olive oil gives you that sleepy slidey feeling that make you wonder if you even needed a woman and make your woman wonder if you're even in there. Available now at the house where I live. Dr. Scott's Oily Condoms. Hard to get on, easy to get off. the fuck that commercial come to my house that's where you go to get those well it's the only i mean that's where he has he doesn't have like a storefront just i have some boxes in my house just come over here yeah get some of my now it says hard to put on easy to get off is that because they're oily on the inside or these condoms made wrong well they're just oil well they're oily all over because they're just mixed with olive oil there's no it's just olive oil yeah they just open them up mix them with olive oil so they're very slippery and difficult to get inside on. and out so they don't stay on yeah very difficult to, yeah you kind of have to hold it there i think I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, uh, wow. uh so hats off to the inspiration for that uh commercial right there um that was inspired by the one and only terror detective cj who was our guest on the show uh, not too long ago and uh, brought up oily condoms which was a new concept for us it was so there it and is we told him we'd make him a commercial so we did men of our Thank words you, terror detective men of our yeah. words 
So we uh, have a very special guest today. We, of course, are talking to Farah Bono, sex therapist, works with people in kink, working on that doctorate, former sex worker. We haven't talked much about that. I got to know, Farah, having worked as a sex worker, I'm sure when you watch Frankenhooker, your first thoughts were, my God, they must have done their research. This is highly accurate. Yeah, that that's not exactly what I thought. Uh, but it was interesting. I'll give it that. <laughs> what do you think about the way that uh, Frank Hennenlauter, the writer-director, uh, painted or, or, or talked about, showed uh, the lives of sex workers? I think it's highly problematic, some of it. Uh, the addiction, um, a lot of sex workers, at least at the level I was working at, did not have what they call management or pimps and are purely independent. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's an issue. A lot of them, um, you know, don't generally do drugs. So yeah. I know multiple former sex workers. I know one of them has two PhDs. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people use it as a gateway to paying those college loans, things like that. Um, there is a certain amount of them that do get involved in drugs that is kind of prevalent if there are management uh, or pimps involved. But mm -hmm. in general, most of the providers that you meet don't have a drug problem. Sure. Now, I don't know exactly what you're referring to by drug problem and addiction in this movie. Are you talking about the fact that they're all completely wild for crack? The most <laughs> the most excited that you've ever seen a group of people be about finding a bag of crack in a guy's bag? It was, I mean, you like zombie movies. They were crack zombies. They had to have it. Wow. It wasn't even crack. It was super crack. Which it was. was I love that. Crack. That was that was a great touch. Not just crack. It's super crack. Yeah, definitely. And let us paint you a picture at home if you haven't seen this. These are about the size of I don't know a die. You know, like you, you might throw some dice playing craps, mm -hmm. or you know, some of those were bigger than that. The big chunks of super crack. This clear rock uh, and these providers. Uh, go absolutely ape shit when they find it. Literally screaming. Yeah. <laughs> screaming at this bag of crack. Like, they're fucking shit for that crack. Uh, because the goal, the plan here is, you know, this guy's going to bring his dead wife, who was chopped into pieces, yeah. some of them unsalvageable. Plus, there's the side mm -hmm. note that he wants her to be prettier. Uh, yeah. He's been, like, keeping her body parts alive. Also, a, a brain with an eyeball, which... I don't think is ever explained, right? As far as I know, they never explained a, it. It's just there. It's like his pet. Yeah, it's disgusting and unnerving, but a pet in, in an aquarium or something. Um, anyway, he's going to bring this girl back to life, so he's going to, you know, Frankenstein her together. Uh, and so he has to get, you know, someone. He has to kill someone and use their body parts. So he gets all of these providers. He goes to a... Uh, I guess I guess it's the their pimp or something, right? He's their manager of some sort, and he sets it up for all of these uh, women to come over to his place. He pre pretends he's some rich guy or whatever, and he like that 
measuring scene. It was so cringy. It was tough to watch. That is a tough scene to watch. Where he's like rating each of their body parts and putting check marks on them. Literally, as we're watching that, I'm thinking about you, Farah, our special guest for today. And I'm like, she's going to think we're disgusting, <laughs> chauvinist creeps that if she thinks this is our favorite movie. Uh, but yeah, that scene, uh, <laughs> we're measuring legs, we're measuring crotches. And did you notice, Alex, you've seen Basket Case, which Basket Case is another movie by this same guy uh, that I made Alex watch, oh, probably close to a couple of years ago. You know, Belial, the little basket monster, there's a scene, he pokes a nipple. And then in this scene, uh, Jeff pokes a nipple behind a magnifying glass. Is that Henlauer's trademark? Is that his signature scene right there? Have somebody boop, nip, boop, nip, boop nipple, nipple poking? Do you think that's his, <laughs> his trademark? You know, uh, I guess it could be. I don't know. There were some definite similarities between this and Basket Case. The depiction of New York being you oh. know, the way it was, uh, that yeah, disgusting hotel. I'm, I'm glad hotel. you said that. That's what I was going to say. It's the same hotel, isn't it? Is it? I think it might be. Do you remember making a comment when we watched uh, Basket Case that you were like, the manager's office was obviously just like a uh, an elevator shaft that they had made to look like an office? I swear it's the same building, dude. Huh. And the little guy behind there, the big muscular uh, pimp comes and he breaks that counter when he's looking for yeah. uh, his, his girls and like uh, I, I don't know man it looked a lot like we both thought as we were watching it my wife and I that that was the building from, it looked like from it. Uh, Basket it Case. It looked like it but I couldn't find anything that said it was so I don't know yeah. but it probably is I mean because it, I mean it really did look like it. Yeah so we're moving the plot along. Uh, 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 Jeff's girlfriend has been sliced to ribbons by the lawnmower that he made. He has taken some of the pieces of her body that he could steal, what was left over, anything that was actually recognizable as a body part. We see a, a news uh, story on TV where they're talking about this terrible accident and how some of the pieces have gone missing. We, the viewers, of course, we know who has them. It's Jeff. So, yes, uh, we've gone to this hotel. He's gone in search of providers, a.k.a. sex workers, to, I guess, dice into pieces so that he can give his uh, expired girlfriend uh, a body so she can get around like Frankenstein. And we were talking about the scene in the hotel room. He has, I don't know, how many how many girls do you think were in the hotel room with him? A dozen? Uh, you know, there were yeah. quite a few. I'd say at and least And he close gives to. them super crack. They he does, all now that's take not the crack. exactly what happens. He only okay. did not okay. give it he, to them. Yes. <laughs> he and them. he he only intended to kill one of them. He, he yeah. was just going to kill the one that he deemed, you know, fit to be the body uh -huh. of his wife or whatever. And okay. then they look through his bag and find this huge, massive amount of super uh -huh. crack and uh -huh. lose their shit. And all of them, of course, at that point, start to smoke crack like crazy. <laughs> This is not a short scene. This goes yeah. on for days of them screaming and snorting crack and smoking crack. And then we get what may be one of the best scenes I've ever seen in cinema of 
exploding <laughs> sex workers, just one after another. Shaboom. They all start to, they're having a blast. They're smoking the crack. And then they're like, oh, something feels weird. And then they fucking explode. So it, it's like you see a shot of an actual actor and then bam, a mannequin explodes. And this happens over really and over again. And mannequins. it's wonderful. So I, very, I think this is one plastic. of those harmful stereotypes. Uh, sex workers are <laughs> not actually explode? explosive. So ah. it's just, well, I, mean, I want to be sure that everybody's it's not, aware. It's not their fault. It was the super crack. <laughs> That's not what I heard. It, it was the super crack. You can't blame them. Yeah, and I, as he's, you know, because I expect a movie like this to make perfect sense, um, <laughs> as he's uh, <laughs> collecting body parts, I'm like, aren't you worried about all these parts being, I don't know, one exploded and burned and, you know, they have super crack in their blood. That's now, what I thought, so. too. Those are full of super crack. You don't, yeah. you don't want those to be your wife's legs and arms. They have super crack in them. Uh, Maybe that was right. the problem. Now, I think that definitely had something to do with it. So, Farah, uh, as a former sex worker, I, I'm kind of curious as you how you get into this. And I have a suspicion um, that it's you're with a guy, you're on a date, the sex starts and it's fine, but then it's terrible. It's really bad sex. And you're like, this sex was so bad. The only way I'm going to be able to live with having slept with this terrible man is if I charge him. Is that is that how you found your way to sex work? That That is not actually how I found my way to sex work. Um, it was more about I needed a job that had different hours, greater flexibility. And I was a stripper at greater the time. Greater flexibility. Are you making a joke? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was a stripper at the time. Those are some pretty long hours. Come in at 7, leave yeah. at 2 a.m. Lots of time on your feet. Sex work is much mm. easier. And those fucking shoes, too. The shoes. Yeah, yeah. You try spending all day in six-inch stilettos. Dude, I've tried them on. Never again. I, like, I, I, I can only make them a, for a, like, I, you know, I look like a newborn deer. It was not fun, and it hurt like hell, and I'm like, there's no way I could ever do that. No, anyway, I, sorry, I could sprint in those, but no longer. So you're you're at the strip club. You're like, hey, I want better hours. How, that's a big jump to make. How does that even happen? Well, you're aware that it exists because there are a lot of yeah. people that will try to get you to leave the club with them um, and try mm -hmm. to pay you for Balance. sex. And really, <laughs> being a stripper is an offshoot of sex work. It's under that sex work umbrella. So it's just right next door to it, except the money is more reliable and better. Mm -hmm. Better money, better hours. But it was for you're me going anyway. from lap dances to real sex. That's that's a big difference, right? I don't think so. No, I enjoy sex. So, you know, I always like to say that I'm a pretty sure thing. What you're doing is just not talking me out of fucking you. <laughs> so. mm -hmm. It's like she don't fuck this up. Uh -huh. wow. uh, so what was it like? Was it like you, you started poaching patrons of the strip club or were you like, I'll start have sex with me.com. How do you get into it? Well, there are special boards that advertise uh, net sports. So they are, they have like an internet presence 
and they have boards where you can connect with sex workers. And you knew people who were already doing it or did you have to just like fill your way into it cold? Oh, I knew people that were doing it. You can't get onto them unless you know somebody who's willing to kind of make that introduction so that you're not, they know that you're not um, law enforcement or somebody trying to get in for nefarious purposes. Okay. Okay. And was it scary when you first started or was it similar to the strip club where it would already felt kind of like old hat? It was similar to the strip club, at least for me. Um, But there are a lot of safety checks. You pretty much know who you're seeing on some level uh, before you see them. And now keep in mind, there's a lot of different ways to do sex work. So I am just talking about the way that I did it personally. It wasn't scary. You, you Did you already know some of the guys or were these total strangers? Uh, some were strangers. Some of them you do like an introduction email. Um, we would always talk either via email or phone first so I could kind of get a feel for who they were. Um, they would give me what's called their screening information so that I knew that they were not, in fact, you know, like Jeffrey over here shopping for spare body parts. So how do you uh, sniff out a potential Jeffrey? (laughs) Well, when they contact you, you say, hey, do you have references? Uh, What's your screening information? And anybody that knows what they're doing that you'd actually want to see is going to Mm -hmm. be what they call screenable. So they're going to say, oh, these are some providers who would know me and would vouch for me. And then you reach out to those providers and say, hey, do you know this person? And they say, yeah, this is a great person. Or no, this person was Mm -hmm. a real asshole. Don't see that one. There's also a number of boards that you can get on that providers can talk about their experiences with certain clients. And they'll list Mm -hmm. like a phone number, an email, the information that they have on this person. So we do communicate as far as clients. Okay, so that would be the hard part as a, can we say John? Is John allowed to say hobbyist? Um, I really is, like hobbyists. Have... Can we keep saying hobbyist? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm a potential hobbyist, I've never hired a sex worker, or how would I get in if I don't already know somebody? It sounds kind of like a catch-22. you got to be in the club to get in the club. It is a little bit like that. There are also screening services that you can yeah. access. Uh, those are going to want information about who you are. Some of them do mm-hmm. like even work verification, which sounds pretty scary. Yep. You don't want, you know, sex workers calling your work, but they have a whole um, staff that calls very professionally, just like they'd be doing a reference mm-hmm. check. They verify you are who you say you are. There's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, and then you send in your ID or whatever information they ask for to verify that you're this person some of them will do a background check things like that see that would be scary for me as a uh future hobbyist i'm like (laughs) i don't want to give my license my information my work how how do i know these aren't scammers perspective well you know it's difference between how do you know we're not scammers versus how do we know you're not a murderer yeah, exactly. It's like, how do you how do you even get into that? If nobody trusts anybody, I don't understand how you get started. 
I'm going to be A, scared that you're a cop pretending to be a sex worker. B, that you're just going to steal my identity. I'm like, how do I know you're even a sex worker? Who? I, I, I don't understand how to get into this. How am I going to hire my first sex worker, Farah? Help me. Yeah, I, Farah, I have to say, in two years of doing this show with Micah, I have never heard him uh, more furiously writing notes as the guest was talking. <laughs> Uh, okay, okay. So there we don't know are also how to get providers so it, who yeah. are newbie friendly. If you don't have anybody, mm-hmm. a lot of them are willing to take that risk. Sometimes they ask yeah. for additional screening information. Um, there's a few different ways. A lot of times guys will talk about this kind of thing and yeah. they'll vouch one another in things like that okay next question uh now you haven't been a sex worker for a long time i don't know when when were you active how long ago was it uh so when sesta fosta came out that was pretty much my cue to exit the stage what's sex of fosta sesta fosta um so sesta is oh god what is that it's a sex trafficking law it's essentially made sex work extremely dangerous it's the stop enabling sex traffickers act and then Mm -hmm. uh the other one is uh fosta i can't remember that one off the top of my head and oh fight online sex trafficking act and what they did was they started targeting the websites and the ways Mm -hmm. that we were using to screen and that we were using to safely advertise. Um, And it really had a massive impact on sex workers in um, the things like PayPal or bank accounts, credit cards. If they could link those to you as a sex worker, part of these laws that were rolled out meant that those websites could suddenly be held liable for some of these things. And so they started to get really strict and to start shutting down anybody that they had a reason to believe might be a sex worker. So even mm-hmm. down to like only fans and things like that, um, you will see, they will seize those accounts. It's, it's been pretty ugly. So when I saw that roll out, I said, that's, that's it. Uh, that's the writing on the wall. Sure. Was this in the uh, early aughts? When when was this happening? Uh, This would have been about 2018, I want to say. Okay. Next question. What were the rates like? Walk us through the rates. Come on. I'm an interested customer. What what cost what? What can we get? So my rates uh, were about 500 an hour, um, and I had a two-hour minimum. All right. 500 hour, two-hour minimum. See, I'm imagining everything I've seen from... All my information comes from movies, which probably get it wrong, or TV shows where it's somebody who's like, I'll blow you for $10, uh, $5 for some hand stuff. <laughs> that's, this, that's my impression of the sex worker industry. Please, please educate me. There are a lot of different ways to do sex work. You do have people that are on that more affordable end of the scale. And then you sure. have people who <laughs> can sometimes charge thousands of dollars an hour. It really depends. I have found mostly yeah. on how you market. Um, marketing yeah, yeah. is everything. Um, huh. You know, I think going rate in Dallas, Texas, uh, when I was working was probably about 250, 300 ish. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that for was an hour? for. 
that was for in call. If you wanted out call, yeah. it was a little more expensive a lot of times. In call and out yeah, call. That's new for me. That is that is. like inpatient and an outpatient? <laughs> yeah, it, it's very similar. In call is you come to me at my location, and out call is yeah. I go to you at your location. Okay. I don't like to leave okay. the Alcohol house. Alcohol costs more? Oh, so much more. I actually was trying to price myself out of the market because my attitude mm -hmm. is I don't want to go anywhere. Y'all can come to me. Sure. I'm not going to you. Uh, I don't like to drive. Uh -huh. I like that better anyway. It's kind of like, uh, you know, I prefer like first dates for it to be lunch because if the date doesn't go well, I can be like, well, I've got to get back to work. Right. I love the option to leave. Peace out. Yeah. And so I kept a separate apartment that was not my my home. And it was just for entertaining clients. Wow, Ferris Sex Palace. It, you just had you got now. It was a uh, a storage facility that you turned into an apartment. No, just it pull was, up the garage door <laughs> and come on in. It was actually an apartment. It had um, yeah. a gate and a passcode. It was a gated community. This is a whole world I'm not familiar with. You're really opening my eyes today, Farah. Thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank this you for wonderful. having me. I love talking about this. We love hearing about it. I was it. so, I like, was so Mike, excited that you... Well, yeah. like, Sorry, well, Alex, like you said, we only know from the movies, right? And the few times that I've ever been approached by a sex worker in my life. Other than that, that's all I know. So it's it's kind of good to break the myths. And it was probably one of these more affordable Mardi Gras situations? Uh, no. The, are you talking about when I was propositioned by sex workers? Yeah. Uh, one time was in downtown, uh, the town next to I, the big town next to the one I grew up in. And, uh, yeah. my buddies and I were driving around looking for weed and all we could uh -huh. find were sex workers. And, uh, the second time was in Florida and I was, I was yeah. a grown man. Well, that wasn't me. Oh, well that was, <laughs> no, I, I tried to charge him for a belly rub because he had an upset tummy, but he was like, I thought we were just doing it because we're friends. Uh, I'm like, whatever. That's prostitution. <laughs> <laughs> well, when your tummy's upset, I know you like those belly rubs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to a round of Final Girl. Uh, we got to move this thing along. Okay, that's right. I know, I know. Okay, so in case you forgot, we've already lost two lovely players, Jenny Tonic and 666. They are deader than doornails. We still have six of you. Let's put your name in the wheel of death and see what happens. Okay, open the hatch into the wheel. And who's coming out first? It is Danny Dimples Delasky and Wilma Cox. Here we go. Okay. Blair pushes the joint of reefer towards your face. You know there's something you're supposed to say. You pray to the ghost of Ronald Reagan. What is the mantra I'm supposed to be saying? Oh, what was that phrase? How does it go? Then it hits you. You remember, just say no. You, you survive. survive. Wasn't there a just say no reference in that movie last night? The in Hooker? Yes. There is, right? Yes. Was it? I forgot. What was it? What did they say? I don't remember, but I know I'm right. He was, was this in that big bar where everybody's doing drugs? The seediest bathroom I've ever seen? No, he what? had made the the joke about, oh, I'm going to bring this super crack. And he was feeling some guilt about it. And then he said, well, you know, it's not really me. They could just say right, no. Right. That's what it was. They could. Yeah, they yeah, can yeah, just yeah. say no. That's exactly what it was. Yes. 
we got to talk about that we bathroom do, after we, we do have final to talk girl, about, by the way. I forgot about the bathroom, and that cannot be unseen. <laughs> okay, up next, it's Sacagawea and Etienne Wheeler. Where did you learn to do drugs? The father said. I learned it from watching you, said the boy in his bed. As the PSA ended, you breathed a sigh of relief. Thank God my family's perfect, not like the one on TV. You survived. You survived. Well done. We kind of wish you hadn't, though. You're, you're kind of uppity. First, you call people <laughs> from the 80s old timers, and uh, now you're doing 80s commercials. <laughs> I remember that one. Oh, that was a great that one. A, I learned yeah, it from watching you. That's a great one. I, I think it was in a bedroom. I vaguely remember it. Is it, is it a mustachioed father who finds like a box of drugs, I, like a little box? I believe so, and it's like a cigar box full of drugs. Oh, God. Memories. Okay. <laughs> Finally. Of the commercial Car- or that situation? Uh, where you told I, your dad I mean, the that way- you learned how to do drugs by watching him. Yeah. Drugs and sex, the way they were... Oh, God. How, do, how did we survive our childhoods being children of the 80s? I don't know. It's job security for me, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's right. All that secured trauma money. Uh-huh. All right. Karma's a bitch and Rasputia, Rasputia, Latrice Williams. Not looking good. Here we go. You just finished train spotters. Heroin looks fun. You call your boy Sam. He knows where to get some. Sam scores the smack, you load the syringe, you push the plunger, the heroin goes in. Then, a commotion. Did Sam narc? Is it the man? Nope, it's that actress from This Is Your Brain on Drugs PSA from the (laughs) 90s beating you to death with her frying pan. You are dead. You are dead. Oh, that was the best rhyme you've ever done. That was it. That girl from that commercial, and thank you, uh, was Rachel Lee Cook, who I had a huge crush on when I was a kid when she was in some Tom and Huck or Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, one of those movies. But she played, is her name Becky? Tom Sawyer's crush or whatever. I have no idea. I wanted to marry her. You know this apparently way better than I do. She was also the nerdy girl in glasses from uh, is it She's All That? Is that where they like take the nerdy yes. girl and make her the beautiful prom yes. queen? I had Chris Evans, right? I have no idea. Anyway, it was that girl. I had a huge crush on her when we were kids. <laughs> mm, mm, Rachel, wherever you are, thinking about you. Would you take us to break, please? All right. We will be back after these messages from our sponsors. Stick around. This guy sucks. I was really hoping to see some sick karaoke singing tonight. Don't let it get you down. It's just, I've listened to all my dope-ass karaoke CDs, and I've been looking for something new and fresh. Have you heard of the new Jeepers Crooners karaoke? Jeepers Crooners karaoke? What is it? Only all of your favorite movie killers singing karaoke classics all on one CD. No way! Oh yeah, you wouldn't believe it. It's got everyone. Take a listen. You'll enjoy songs from killers like Sam from Trick or Treat.
ghost face. Jason Voorhees. Michael Myers. And many more. Holy shit, let's get out of here. I thought you wanted to listen to some sick karaoke. I do. I gotta get to the nearest CD store. Got him. Jeepers Crooners Karaoke. Available now, CD stores worldwide. Trust me. It's Keller. You see, they don't talk. It's just a lot of screams because they're murdering. No, no. It's just people in the crowd that are screaming. They're all excited because they don't talk while they do karaoke because they're all silent killers, you see. And what are these voices? You've got uh, new voices in this commercial um, that I haven't heard before. What happened was that? Whatever. That's fine. I don't know. That's fine. I, I, I guess I got that from you. Uh, I did. And then I hear this one voice a lot. I don't know if it's a Cajun man, but there's always some guy talking about stuff. I only have like two accents. That's, that's all I got. And I got, and I got my southern accent. That's about it. I don't know. Is that, is that Louisiana or is that Mississippi? I don't know. All, all I got. I got my deep south. I got my hick south. And then Valley Girl. That's, that's it. And then there's that great Austin Powers of mine you love so much. Uh, <laughs> one of those voices sounded a little South Parky. Uh, oh yeah. Uh-huh. Well. Uh huh. The CD stores. Oh, okay. All right, CDs. Um, so I have a teenage boy, two Whoa. of them, and he's very excited about compact discs. Yeah, that, that was kind of the point of that commercial. I think was to make fun of the fact that he had to get to the nearest CD store. Like there were lots, and I don't know. Well, yeah, we're making fun of him because CDs are gone away. But my teenage son is very excited about CDs. Like losing his shit, got his girlfriend a Green Day CD, and he's getting this metal CD. And there, I, I don't know if it's like us collecting vinyl. If teenagers are now going crazy over CDs, uh, my kid, no vinyls is come doing back. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, my kids doing these. They love same vinyl thing. and CD. Uh, before we talk about uh, anything else, can I uh, hit you with some scary movie trivia? I'd love it. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Who should go first, Farah or Alex? Mm, I'm gonna hit you first, Alex. Thank you. What is the uh, the surname of the married? Demonologists in The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2. I don't know, man. I got nothing. Have you seen those? I've uh, not seen them, no. You know I don't like supernatural oh, okay. They were the Warrens. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, okay, this one's for you, Farah. What is the name uh what is the name the group of child protagonists give themselves in it? Oh, the was that the Losers Club? You got it, the Losers Club. <laughs> oh, well done. Excellent. Thank you. That one terrified me. I watched that at an inappropriate age and was terrified. The old miniseries? Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's oh, the yeah. gold one. They're both good, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tim Curry. Oh, Tim Curry horrifying. is evil best, yeah. Whew, that's a good one. I'm thinking of the scene in the, uh, it's like the club showers or whatever, where he comes out of the, the drainage at the bottom. 
He's like coming out, and all the kids. I think they used fucking like stop motion for that scene. Uh, I think they used stop motion in like a shower scene that I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm talking oh, about. Okay. The club yeah, shower. Yeah. It's like a group shower. It's a big one. I think all the a lot of the kids, the loser club, they're all in there, and it's like coming out. Big, anyway, big loser shower. <laughs> okay. Uh, w- before I interrupted with trivia, you were saying, "What do we want to know?" Is there more we want to know? Did you mean about Frankenhooker or from our guest, Farah, not Bonet, Bono? I wanted to know more about Farah. What don't we know that we want to know? Hmm. What don't we know, Farah? Uh, I work primarily with the kink community and the ethically non-monogamous uh, polyamory Um I work with those communities mostly because in trying to get therapy for myself, I encountered a whole lot of people who said things like, oh, well, maybe you don't need to be kinky anymore. Maybe you should be monogamous. And I was looking Mm -hmm. at them going, those are load bearing coping mechanisms and I'm going to need you to step off. So having a therapist that understands those communities and is kink identified and is polyamorous Uh, There's a Mm -hmm. whole other level to it. So I think that's the part that you don't know is uh, I'm actually kink identified and polyamorous. I I got questions there. What is kink identified? And then then as a therapist, what are you doing with these people who have kinks? I mean, are they are they trying to get rid of their kinks? I mean, I don't understand what the where the therapy role plays into that. I feel guilty about the foxtail I keep putting in my butthole. I I mean, is it that? I mean, is it guilt? Is it, I mean, what is it? So in general, this is a really valid relationship style. Um, You will see a lot of different, they're called power exchange relationships where it's maybe top, bottom, um, master, slave, dominant, submissive, a lot of different configurations, uh, and what they're looking for is a therapist that understands and doesn't shame these kinks. Mm-hmm. I so, gotcha. I see. So you don't have to fear that your therapist is going to be too shocked by the problems you're having in your life because you might turn a regular therapist off when you start talking about the, you know, your different kinks or, or sadism or whatever. This therapist is already cool with that. Therefore, you can skip the shock, get straight into the therapy. Exactly. You also don't have to explain to them about your relationship. You don't have to explain the dynamics of like a DS relationship, a dom sub relationship or uh, Mm -hmm. anything like that. Alex, do you think you and I have a dom sub relationship? And if so, who's who? Uh, You know, I think I, I mean, I'm I'm probably the dominant one in our relationship, don't you think? I mean, I don't know how we determine that. I dominate Rock, paper, you scissors. Yeah. <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors for it. We'll just take turns. Or maybe y'all are switches. You know, maybe you ah, just. There we go. Sometimes you're feeling a little toppy. Sometimes you're feeling the other direction. <laughs> you know, I get that. I get that because I feel like I won most of the time and then surprise myself when I'm like, hey, no, I think I can switch it up. God, I hate you, my you guy. Are... I. <laughs> I, the older I, I get, hate, the more I learn about myself, I hate the things and the you more say. comfortable I get with the things I was, you know, embarrassed of when I was younger. And the more comfortable he gets telling me about all of it. 
Well, yeah, that's what friends are that's for. That's what friends are for, apparently. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, so we do have to get to this movie, but uh, I was hoping that prior to that, you could maybe tell me something else that happened in 19-whatever-the-year this is made. Um, well, uh, I think it came out in 1990, and as luck would have it, I happen to know a couple of things that happened in 1990. Well, do tell, do tell. 90s, man. I can't believe we're talking about 90s like it's history. That seems like yesterday. Well, to be fair, though, we would do this segment even if it was like 2020 that the movie was made in. Well, if you were in the U.S., uh, your president was George Bush and J. Danforth Quell. Wow. Some events that happened in the U.S. Uh-huh. We love Dan Quell. He got made fun of so hard. Yeah, he did. That's how I know how to spell potato. And let's see here. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court banned flag burning on June 11th. Can't do that anymore. No? Yep. San Francisco beat Denver in the Super Bowl. Cincinnati beat the Oakland A's at the World Series. And Detroit defeated Portland. NBA championship. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. The X rating was replaced by NC-17. That was... And The Simpsons debuted on Fox. That was in the 90s that that happened? Huh. Okay, go on. I'm sorry. Do you, do you remember X ratings? I mean, I remember. I, mean, yeah, I thought I we were still using them. I did, too. I thought you could still. I didn't know that NC-17 replaced X. I thought it was somehow in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's nice that so many people are just skipping the ratings board and just calling it unrated. I like that. I like that, too. Yeah, me, too. Stay away, MPAA. We don't need you. They ruined a lot of good movies. All right. Let's see here. Uh, this is kind of an interesting bit of trivia. It was a new idea for advertising, a new format, if you will. Uh, the Viscase Corporation debuted a new technology that allowed edible ink ads to be printed onto blank. The company boasted that now for the first time, blanks could be used as a communications medium. It also suggested that blank advertising would be a great way for companies to target messages at children and establish brand preference early. However, the company found no takers for its blank ad technology. Once concession managers said people won't see it anyway. What do you think they were using to advertise on? Ah, uh, wow. Um, toilet paper. People won't see it anyway. Farrah, do you want to wager I, a guess? Get your name in there. Maybe chocolate? What were we advertising on? Was it chocolate? You're getting closer because you've gotten into food. It was the hot dog. Uh, <laughs> your uh. message here. Put it on a wiener. Oh, no. Uh, like, hot dogs are not bad enough. Now you're going to uh-huh. them into I, advertising? I mean, Jesus. business owners were like, you won't see it anyway. We're going to cover it in mustard. It's in a bun. Yeah, no, no, that sounds terrible. I like the the innovative nature of it though i like no don't encourage that, that behavior I, 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 I like that they, they were thinking outside the bun kind of thing but no. unfortunately it was too in thinking outside the bun was, hats off it was okay. too inside the bun someone no. needs to oh get my. after them with a water bottle that is 
who told them that was okay? <laughs> Just spritz them in the face. No. Like that pitch meeting, somebody should have been like, no, we're not going forward with the let's ride on hot dogs. They need to do market testing and it passed. I'm impressed. You know, somebody's got some huh? mad huh? men skills over there. Well, you know. Uh, Okay, uh, how about we wager a guess? How much do you think the average price of a gallon of gas was in 1990? Uh, Alex? I'm going to say $1.00 no cents. Oh, you're, you're in the right dollar region. It was $1.00 and Farah, you want to take a guess? Uh, 105 $1.00. 15 average price of a gallon of gas in 1990. I'll tell you what, I never win. <laughs> I mean, that means I figured by this point, uh, it'd just go. be. Ch- <laughs> there you go. The truth is we out. Oh, um, I like that. I'm glad you said that, Farah. <laughs> Take it, Alex. I'm the Dom. You're the sub. Uh, Wait. I'm- or. Is that something we need to talk about? If people take pride in being a dom as if it's better than a sub, do we need to come to therapy? (laughs) It depends on where it comes from. Because you know us straight white males are going to be like, well, I'm obviously the dumb. Well, yeah, but if a, if a sub didn't want to... Check out my buys. If a sub didn't want to be a sub, then it wouldn't be a sub. That's true. That's true. That's true. Right. Consent <laughs> of the governed. That's, that's pretty deep. <laughs> Dude, that's what we do on this show. We get yeah. so deep on this show. All right. All right, uh, let's see here. Uh, I forgot to look up movie ticket price oh, for 1990. No. So s- stall for time, Alex. But that's one of my favorite parts. And I've been so on the audio cues today for you, like to the point that you got on to me about it one time. because I was, I was just kidding. I already had it looked up, obviously, because okay. I'm prepared like an Eagle Scout. What do you think the average price of a movie ticket was in 1990? I am going to say seven dollars and no cents. <laughs> All right, we have seven even on the board. Farah, would you like to take a guess? So I cheated because I thought I was being helpful in that, like you know, service s type way, and it says it's okay. four seventy five. I forgot we were playing a Farrah, game. Farah, would you believe it? Four seventy five <laughs> is the right answer. Look at that. I'm I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) One time Alex and I did some trivia that Dr. Scott, one of our frequent guests, did. Uh, He's a friend of the show uh, and our friend in real life. And, you know, I cheated. No questions asked. I just cheated on every single question. My game was how quick can I Google the answer? Alex's game was do I actually know this? So he's searching the recesses of his mind while I'm Googling. And, uh, yeah, I got caught. Yeah, I l- but I didn't mind getting caught because I wasn't trying to hide it. So they were like, "Did you cheat?" And I was like, "Of course I cheated." Yeah. <laughs> you got some random crap too. I mean, it was like, "How does he know this?" Yeah. yeah I was proud of my my like lightning fast googling skills. I was killing it. Just use your powers. For I was good. going so quickly that you didn't know I was cheating for a while. Uh, all right. And then uh, Alex's favorite part of this segment, other scary movies from 1990. We've got Jacob's Ladder. That's a classic. That movie freaked the yeah, shit out of me when I was a kid. One. God, the fucking dance scene where like the some kind of like talon or claw looking thing comes out of her mouth. 
and the, all the paint can head shaking and the people without eyes and mouths. You know, as a kid, I watched that and I was so scared by it that uh, I vowed to never watch it again. And I've never watched it again. And I love scary movies. There are a few movies like that that I just have never gone back to. I've only seen Jacob's Ladder once. I've only seen uh, Irreversible once. <sighs> it's brutal. brutal. Other movies. Let's see. Misery came out. Ooh. Classic. Yeah. I always think of that uh, Peter Gabriel song, Sledgehammer. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> wow. Uh, Slumber Party Massacre 3. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever actually seen that one. Night of the Living Dead. Huh? Oh, that movie we talked about earlier. Um, not the old Night of the Living Dead. I guess it was a remake that came out in 1990. It was in color. Um, and then the movie that scared both of you as children, all of us, It. Ah, yeah. That, that came out. That came out the same year we were just talking about it. That's cool. 1990. Look at Google us. Google is correct. Now, Google often lies, That's true. so, you know. But... Uh, Harry Anderson. Arachnophobia. Oh, I love that one. Tremors. Good, huh? good. Graveyard Shift. Okay. Yes. Lots of Stephen King. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he had a few. Demon Wind. I've seen bits and pieces of that one. The Suckling. <laughs> okay. Which was my nickname in high oh, school. Oh, yeah, it was. <laughs> and then, Alex, for you, Basket Case 2 came out. Oh. Uh, did Hendon Lauder do that too? I think he did, didn't he? I think he did all of the yeah, sequels. I'm pretty did. sure. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think he did. Uh, he did. He did. Uh, so we've been in the segment forever. So I'm wondering, uh, do we talk about the movie at all, or do we play Final Girl? I mean, that's all up to you, listeners. What do you think we should do? Oh, wait, we, we can't hear you. Could you speak up again, wherever you are, in your car, on your treadmill, taking a sweet Cleveland steamer? Maybe you're leaving a top decker in your friend's toilet. Upper decker, pardon me. <laughs> that, yeah, that's the problem with what you said. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> uh, we can jump straight into Final Girl if you like. I know you've got other things you want to do besides record this show all day. Uh, are you talking to me? I, yeah, o- and I only want to record this show all day, but uh, I can start some scary music and you can do some Final Girl and then we can go like hardcore movie in the last segment. Yeah, we can talk about the bathroom uh, scene and yeah, wh- where this movie finally goes. Oh, the bathroom uh, scene. Okay, cool. Uh, well, then I'll just get some uh, creepy music uh, on the plane here. All right, here we go. So, Karma's a bitch. Resputia Latrice Williams, 666, and Jenny Tonic, all dead. The bodies are beginning to stack up here in the Slasherville studios. We have four contestants left this round and one more to go. Let's find out who will die and who will survive to miss win the mystery prize. Names into the hatch. Here we go. We'll spin the wheel. Well, uh, I was waiting for it. It was delayed. I was worried. Alex, can I be honest with you? Yeah. As silly as Final Girl is, and as dumb as the sound effects are, I actually have some final sound anxiety. <laughs> like, what will be the sound after I go, crank, 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 
And I just like, I should prep. I should be like, write it down. Okay, round one, kitty cat. Round two, that surfer guy going kadoosh. <laughs> round three, but I don't prepare. And so I'm sitting there and I'm going, racking my brain, trying to think like, what's the final sound going to be? And lately, it's just lazy. It's just like <laughs> you, you can do anything you want. It's the, it's the the improv nature of it that's so uh-huh. compelling each time. I don't. I, I hate improv. I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be scripted. Uh, maybe you make the final sound. Maybe I'll go rant, 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 and then you make. the I'll final I'll take sound. it off your hands for a couple episodes. All right, let's put the pressure on you. I'm gonna do three rants, <laughs> and then it's up to you to provide a final sound. Here we go. <clears throat> Me, me, me. Scalaboosh. Why didn't I think of Scalaboosh? <laughs> Two years we've been doing this show and never thought to Scalaboosh. I did. I mean, put me under pressure, man. I could do it. I mean, I don't like to put our guests on the spot, but Farah, would you like to try the final sound? Oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I, I charge <laughs> she's, money she's for that. straight it's up, fine. no way. <laughs> I like the honesty. All right, fine. Uh, she's like, I'm not touching that. Okay. Up first, Danny Dimples Delasky and Wilma Cox. There's a shed in the backyard of my Airbnb. From it, I swear I saw the blue glow of a TV. Should I explore? Is that what I should do? Nah, I'll just leave this place a bad review. You survive. You survive, Karen. Again, don't go exploring. That's how you die. Yeah, I can't do that. Sacagawea and Etienne Wheeler. You're up next. There's a shed in the backyard of my Airbnb. From it, I swear I saw the blue glow of a TV. Should I explore? Is that what I should do? Sure, why not? I'll go search for clues. You creep towards the shed. The door flies open. Out springs tennis legend Anna Kornikova. <laughs> she looks pissed. She pulled out her racket. Until you were dead, your head she did whack it. Wow. <laughs> That's a you good died. one. Yeah. Uh, did not, I did not expect that. that. Quite the twist. You shamaloned me. Anna Kornikova. Wow. All right. Uh, Sacagawea, Etienne Wheeler, you are dead by tennis legend Anna Kornikova's. I had a crush on her, too. This is all about Micah's crushes today. I noticed. I I think we've all I noticed. think that's the show we should do. Let's leave behind horror movies. Let's just talk about crushes. Okay. That can be... I'll maybe, send you an invoice. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Spill the beans, Farah. Who was your childhood crush? Oh, no. <laughs> We're not going there. It's a secret? You're taking it to the grave? Come taking on. Taking that to the grave. I mean, what about like a famous Hollywood? Are you willing to cough that up? I, like, I will tell you. Did you love Jonathan Taylor Thomas? I will tell you who I like now. I actually don't think I can remember. Like, that was a long time ago. Um, but I am very fond of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. So, oh. oh yeah, that's my Definitely. current crush. But okay, God, I'm trying to think. Certified Who would that have been? It's respectable. Uh, I don't know. That's I really like that. Uh, what's his name? Uh, as far as dudes, I have crushes on lately. For me, yes, Keanu's still there. I will never let go of Patrick Swayze, and of course Prince. But I kind of got a thing for. 
Joe Mangalangala. Oh, I thought for sure you were going to say... Joe Mangalangala. I thought for sure you were going to say Steve Zahn. J- Joe Ma- Manly Jello. How do you say his name? Manganello? Manganella? Manganella? You know who I'm talking yeah. about, right, though? Yeah, I know who he is. Jiggly. His name is Jiggly Mangello. Oh, okay. Anyway, yeah. that guy. I was watching Pee Wee the other day. Pee Wee's Big Holiday, the one oh, Joe's yeah, in. Oh, yeah, he's in that. Dude, dude. Joe does it for me. Uh, I just think I would feel safe in his oh arms. Oh, my God. You are going to have to invoice this after this, Vera. He's a big, strong, beautiful man. <laughs> All right, so, yeah. Danny, Dimples, Delasky, and Wilma Cox, you will make it to the final round. Everybody else, rest in peace. Uh, we will get to the big finale and talk about that strange and dirty bathroom in Frankenhooker. We'll talk to some more to our very sketch- special guest, Farah Bono, when we return. Sweet Tooth, I'm your host, Mikey Day, and welcome to another episode of Is It Cake? For today's show, we have assembled an elite team of confectionery contestants to take on the mission of creating some of the most hyper-realistic baked goods ever created. But first, let's get a little taste of what's to come. If you look around our set, you might notice things look a little different today. Is this a kitchen or an operating room? I see scalpels, bone saws, there's even a patient on the operating table. Now, I think you already know what your first challenge is. Look around, heart monitors, defibrillators, and oh my word, is that a human brain? You have 10 seconds to look around the room and decide, is it cake? Time's up. All right, Jerry, let's start with you. Where is the cake? I'm going to go with the bone saw. The bone saw? Okay, let's find out. I have my trusty chef's knife, and... No way. You are correct, Jerry. That is cake. Sarah, your turn. Um, Okay, this is going to sound crazy, but I know you guys like to surprise us. I'm going to say the patient's leg. What? Could it be? Let's find out. Oh, Jesus! Oh, it's not cake! It's Why not am I still cake. cutting? Oh, my God! Welcome back to Slasher I Hardly Know Her. Uh, thanks to that uh, sponsor, Is It Cake? Not sure that uh, show's going to last that long. <laughs> Not sure that it has the longevity that some of the more popular television programs are uh, might have. So this week, we are watching Frankenhooker, a movie that I knew existed, did not know anything about it at all, and uh, strangely kind of loved. We have a very special guest this week. Farah, I don't want to mispronounce your name. How do I mis? How do I? How do I actually pronounce your name? Bono. Bono. Farah Bono. A. Do I say sex therapist? Is that the I'm right term? I'm a sex therapist. I'm a counselor. And a former sex worker. And a former did, sex worker. Did you call yourself a provider? We've learned that 
provider is the term we should be using. Did you call yourself a provider back then, or is it a term we've come to more recently? No, that is the language I used. Uh, I don't believe it's changed recently, but if it has, uh, please, if you get some feedback from viewers, reach out to me and let me know so that I can update my own language. Nah, they'll just, uh, any of the comments we get are usually like, oh, Alex sounded fat this week. You know, stuff like that. It's, <laughs> yeah. You know, uh. <laughs> it's just stuff like that. So, uh, stuff, stuff about your girthy fingers. Okay. Oh, hey, since we don't know what the most updated name is, maybe, I mean, maybe the responsibility falls to us to come up with a new name for sex worker hmm. or provider. I think they're I like- just called sex workers. <laughs> And I like I uh, You like just provider. said, though, if there are new names, you need to know about it. So I thought maybe we could come up with a new name for it right here on live, whatever this is. That sounds risky. Go for it. Radio. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, I got to do it? Um, let's see here. Let's see here. Um, we need something with some razzle-dazzle. I feel like we all the names are very sterile these days. We just keep trying to make names more and more sterile so that they're healthier and less hurtful. What happened to showbiz? You know, some razzle-dazzle. Well, I but I really like Provider. It's it's kind of sexy and uh, adequate, right? What like, about Mattress Friend? Eh, Vagina Vendor. Oh. oh vagina, vendor. vagina Vendor. You know good. we love alliterations. Have you been listening to the show? Is, I have not. I have not. A, a good call. That's okay. No one has. Vagina um, vendor. Ah, <laughs> uh, dick distributor. But that's not true. Alex, what? You got one? No, I'm just. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm crutching ice into a <laughs> mic. You're. We're over here taking on the huge job of trying to update what we're going to call sex workers for the next twenty years, and you're chewing ice. This is going to be in the, you know, all of the books well, that they're going to teach the kids. You know, when I was a kid, they taught you that two nights meant you were sexually frustrated. Is that true? <laughs> Are you sexually frustrated? I, 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 no, I'm not. Is but, you're chewing ice. But is is there I, anything to that? Because remember, that was a thing when I when I, when I was young. I, it was if you peeled the label off your bottle, like when I, you that were was drinking, a thing. You started peeling the label that off. That was a thing. Is that is that true, Farah? If you peel the label off your bottle. I don't think that indicates sexual frustration. But you know what? I will do some research, uh, see if there's any empirical articles out there on it, and I will get back to you on I don't think that's the case. It actually sounds kind of Freudian. Yeah, so. I don't think it's that. Mm. I, I don't think it was real. I mean, it, it was just one of the bullies in ninth grade that told me that. So. <laughs> <laughs> he probably didn't even know what he was talking about. It was now, projection. Now that, it was all projection. Yeah, now that I say it out loud, it doesn't even sound real. Um, so getting back to this movie, uh, we do eventually, he does get his wife back together in a Franken-style <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. fashion. She's... Franken-style. Franken-style fashion. Today. Yeah. Remember it, folks. Alex said it first. <laughs> Franken-style. Okay, cool. I'm glad to have invented something. But yeah, in that, you know, things are sewn together and it's different pieces from different people. And uh, I got to say, though, uh, I don't know why her face was the color it was, but she was mm-hmm. pretty gorgeous, 
even coming back to life. I wondered about the makeup too. I was not so sure about that one. I don't, I mean like her face was like really white. Like wasn't that, wasn't that it? Or was it blue? Her face was was white white and her hair was blue. That's what it was. Yeah. Hair was kind of blue, purple. uh, And then, but don't they on the old Frankenstein movies, wasn't he kind of an ashy white color? Like the old black and white ones. Well, in the, in the black and white ones, I think he was mostly white and black. (laughs) <laughs> and shades of gray between, but it looked pale compared to the regular humans standing around them, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't really remember, yeah. but I mean, it was like, it was extreme, whatever it was. And she's stapled around the neck. The the purple that went from her face, it also carried down to her nipples for whatever reason. Because when she gets naked, her nipples yep. are the exact same color as her face. Or yes. Ariel, and why is she getting naked? She's she's gone on the hunt for men, and she, it's his girlfriend's head. But somehow, through the lightning and whatever it took to bring her back to life, she has somehow also gotten some sex worker brain, and so she's defaulting to propositioning men on the streets of New York to have sex with her. And if they're not interested, she just smacks them and knocks them down. And then she finally finds a guy. He's into her look. He likes the staples and the way she looks. And he's like, yes, let's go. And he's this little guy with glasses. He's balding. And uh, they end up back at a hotel. She takes him to the room, starts to ride the man, at which point uh, electricity, there's smoke coming from them. And these you know, electric currents could be seen in his mouth. And then... Uh, he explodes. Does it, is this is this the one whose head flies off? Yes, it is. Uh, you know, it it works both ways, right? So like, she can make you yeah. explode by kissing you or touching you or whatever. But then there's the flip side of it where super crack makes you explode as well. So these are two different things. So I assume the the super crack is somehow given her the powers to explode people. Wow, super crack. That's what I think. She can send the super crack into other people. Mm -hmm. So it's a combination of electricity and super crack that makes all of these uh, hobbyists' heads fly off of their body. So she kills that guy and a couple more, right? And then she ends up at that bar where her pimp, uh, what was his name? He had a funny name. Zorro. The muscly guy. Yeah, Zorro. That's right, because he wears the big Z. Oh, and he brands, he brands their arms. all of his girls. Yeah. They all have, yeah, the Z on their mm-hmm. arm, which, uh, yeah, that seems a little bit a little bit excessive. Sure. Or maybe they're into that. I don't, I, so, I don't know. So, Farrah, if they have consent and they're down to get branded, that's A-OK? That is not an uncommon practice in the kink community. Uh, in the sex work what? community, you will see... Uh, some managers or pimps will use t- uh, different kinds of tattoos. Uh, is you know, the girls are down for this or are they like they feel like they have to do it or what? In the kink community, it's all consensual. It really depends on the situation. I have heard stories yeah. where people did feel coerced by a manager and other stories where they were 100% in on getting those tattoos. This is reminding me of something totally off topic, but slightly on topic. Uh, do you remember in high school when people would take uh, that particular, like, Bic lighter? Uh, oh, yeah. you got the two rollers and the, the curve, and you would get the thing really hot, 
and then press it onto your body, usually your arm, and leave a smiley face brand. Yep, I absolutely remember that trend. I don't think I ever did it, but I remember kids doing it. So I'm going to say, I'm a whole masochist over here, and I never did that. That is not a thing I remember. So y'all are out there somewhere else. I didn't either, for the record. This reminds me of, okay, so people will look down their nose at people who inflict harm on themselves. Like if there's somebody as a cutter, we go, oh my gosh, we got to get you help. Um, but then some people like to cut just because they like to cut. But here's my question. How many of these judgment- judgmental people who are looking down their nose at cutters or people who like to inflict pain on themselves fucking love eating spicy food? They are closet masochists. Come out of the closet. If you eat spicy food, you like pain. You are hurting yourself on purpose. Truth. Truth. Thank you. Can I get an amen? I I just like spicy food. I don't think it's because I'm trying to hurt myself. You like the pain, don't you? I think I like. Are you like? I it? think I like the stimulation of it. But that's a lot yeah, of what it, it is with kink. Is it's not necessarily about the pain. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's also about the endorphins that you get from it. Uh, okay, that makes yeah. sense. It's like Kinda riding like a roller you, coaster. When we went, or like on, on Monday afternoons after I rub your belly, Alex, you will punch yourself in the dick repeatedly and you just put on that cowboy hat. Like, that's kind of it. Oh, so, so that's the endorphins doing that, huh? Okay. <laughs> I get that. I understand that. We're not I'm kink kidding, shaming, folks. He doesn't really clear. wear a cowboy. We're not, we're not kink shaming. No, 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 no. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, he yells yee-haw, and he waves the hat around. I don't. It's the wrong kind of hat, though. It's not a real cowboy hat. It's a, Is it a fedora? It's, it's a fedora, <laughs> but I, ra- I wave it around like it's a cowboy hat. The, yeah, it's just a trip to the store, and then this thing's perfect. I don't know why I talk. I'm sorry, Alex. I don't know. Continue. I don't know either. Continue with this very serious uh, Well, show. you know, what we should do is not skip over again that bathroom. We forget. We've, we've oh, skipped yeah. past the bathroom. Uh, with the stall door that won't stay closed? Why do you think... <laughs> Do you think that was how many times? I don't. We'll get there. So, you know, when he when this doctor who's trying to bring his wife back, I don't think he's actually a doctor. When he is, you know, looking for women to bring back to his hotel room so he can figure out, you know, which one's perfect or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, a woman takes him to her pimp in this bathroom at a club, which is essentially the bathroom itself is like a series of hallways into a deeper, <laughs> larger, disgusting bathroom. And, and in every... Very populated hallways, we might add. Every single inch mean, of it is just completely covered with people making out and having sex. And then they get to the stall where it's a guy uh-huh. watching a, a guy have sex with a girl, I think. And the guy mm-hmm. watching... This, the stall door just keeps popping open over and over and over, and he keeps shutting it all on camera. So it's, it it's was like Hennenlotter was like, "We go ahead, Paris." It was unrealistic because this is Times Square. I'm surprised the bathroom had a door at all. That's absolutely true. Uh, they wanted to show like Hennenlotter, the director. I guess he was like, "We need to show the seedy underbelly of New York City," but let's. Let's make it totally exaggerated. It was like every, every, what's the word for uh, 
Anyway, uh, there's, there's dudes, everybody, stereotypes, thank you. Every stereotype you can think of of like a rough and tumble CD bar. It's just like people are smoking and making ugly faces. It was kind of like in an old Western where you walk into the saloon and everybody just turns like, they're staring at Jeff as he's making his way through. And it's, it's, just, it's fucking great. I would watch that scene again right now. But I still don't understand, uh, to Alex's point, why that door can't stay well, closed. It was like uh, the It's a Small World ride at Disney World yeah. where the animatronic just stuff just going. keeps happening over and over again. I don't understand Y'all why You clearly took... don't use public bathrooms. That bathroom, it was like a series of hallways to get to the bathroom. Once you went in the bathroom door, there was uh, more hallway. Uh, Farrah, where are these bathrooms you're using? Um, <laughs> this is pretty much every bathroom. The doors don't stay closed. Uh, dude, when I was across the, uh, the the ocean there in in Paris not too long ago, I discovered they don't have stalls. When you've got to go to the bathroom, you get your own room. What? Like within a, a larger bathroom, there are private rooms. So it's like ceiling to floor closure. It's not like anybody can see underneath. You get your own little private room. Same size as a stall, but there's, I don't know why we decided in the U.S. like, we should be able to see your feet. And uh, <laughs> in high school, we should be able to jump over the top and look down at you. Maybe throw something at you. But yeah, not in Paris. It was great. I want that here. It was a weird uh, flex to, as an excuse to talk about going to Paris. That was a weird place. Oh, when I was jet setting, <laughs> the U.S. bathrooms are so ugh, but my Paris bathrooms are delicious. So where are we here in this movie? Hold for laughter. No, I, I tried to skip past it. Uh, where are we in this movie? Well, we, I mean, they she's killed a guy, but you know he's trying to still get her back the whole time. Like he's yeah. chasing after her. What is her name? I can't remember. Frankenhooker. Well, what's Elizabeth. Frank Hooker's name? Elizabeth. Yeah, he's trying to get her back because he knows she's in there somewhere. We Guess what they gave her last name? They made her last name Shelley. Elizabeth Shelley? That's right. As in Mary Shelley. Oh, yeah, that's spelled cool. the same way. I saw some, I, th- I thought I saw a few other like little nods to things in there as well. But don't you? Th- oh, when he's Jeffrey Franken. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. I, d- I did hear that during the movie. So... We also should point out that the way when he, I mean, it's not hard. I mean, it's not uh, easy bringing, you know, a dead corpse back to life. And so mm-hmm. when he gets to a stumbling point, he does drill himself in the brain to <laughs> get his ideas. Should I mean, I feel like we should not, uh, you know, skip this. That is something he does. So if he's lacking inspiration or if he just can't think clearly, he grabs a power drill uh, takes a long drill bit and drills through his skull into his brain, pulls it back out, and ah, then he can he can manage to think again. And it, as he does at one point. At one part, he constant uh, monologues, oh, talking to himself so much. He he never. I mean, he barely spoke to another person in this movie. He talked to himself mm-hmm. so extremely much uh, in the mm-hmm. weir- in the weirdest way, like. He had yeah. a very weird, like, cadence about the way he talked or whatever. But, and when he messes up drilling, like, if he drills the wrong spot in his head, he talked nonsense. But then mm-hmm. he would, like, fix mm-hmm. it and have the idea together. So, but he doesn't die and he does not bleed when he does. He well, does he's not been die thrown out of three bleed. medical schools. So, you know, presumably yeah. he knows what he's doing. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I did not catch That's that. Right. Three medical schools? 
three medical yep. schools. Well, let's see. We've had the exploding sex workers. Sex workers. He's taken the pieces back to his lab. He is stitching it together. He's got a lot of extra pieces, though, so he's going to throw those in his uh, deep freeze full of purple goo. And then he gets her stitched together. And from his garage, he will elevate his future Frankenhooker way, <laughs> way up into the sky. Like 20 uh, he's stories a... in the air. It was impressive. <laughs> right? <laughs> Where does he get all this money? I don't know. He lives at his mom's house. He's kicked out at school. But he's got plenty of dough for all of his inventions. Yeah. And plenty of dough to hire people. It... But, yeah, it's cartoonishly high into the sky, like Ferris said, like 20 stories where uh, we have that classic Frankenstein scene, some lightning, some electricity, and then he brings her back down from the 20th story uh, into the garage and uh, pulls off the sheet that's covering her, and there she is. He's got his woman back. But... Albeit a little twitchier. But... And confused about who she is. Yeah, she can only... She's only saying things that the sex workers had said previously because she's made up yeah, of all Hey, them. honey, you looking for a good yeah. time? Got any money? I like that. Got any money? Mm-hmm. That was a great line. And then she does this weird Elvis uh, lip twitch thing, her, which I enjoyed. <laughs> and I thought... So, yeah. She, oh, she was good at it. Yeah, no, she did. She did great. And she's wobbling around on her giant hills and she goes into town, starts looking for customers, trying to get some money. Kills a few of them. Ends up back in the bar where uh, one of Zorro's buddies who was sitting at the bar with Zorro earlier has spotted uh, Elizabeth. Um, and he goes to her. He's very interested. He's going nuts for this girl. He's like one of these Looney Tune cartoons, you know. He, his uh, steam coming out of his he ears. He's crazy about googly her. Googly eyes and his tongue rolling uh-huh. out. Yeah. <laughs> and he ends up under the table doing, I'm not sure what, uh, to Elizabeth. And you just see his feet, and he starts shaking, and then he explodes, and uh, everybody in the bar is freaking out. There's fire, there's flames, there's electricity. Zorro's not having it. He comes up behind Elizabeth and somehow manages to knock her head off, uh, but not completely. Yes. uh Yeah. (laughs) So it flies back a little bit, but it's hanging on by some flesh, um, and, and, and Jeff comes in to the rescue. He pushes her head back up, takes her out of the bar, gets her into a car to leave. Oh, and that was the only part of the movie that made me jump when Jeff has her next to him in the passenger seat and he's in the driver's seat and he finally accelerates and her head pops back (laughs) off. (laughs) That was good. Yeah, that And so they're headed back to the lab, right? So he's got to work on her because why does my lovely Elizabeth think that she is one of these dozens of crack-addicted sex workers um, so he's doing a little work on her neck. He's stapling that back together and then runs some electricity. He holds uh, two uh, 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 cables and plugs them into each other, makes some very strange faces. Uh, something's happening there. It's almost like he and Elizabeth are connected somehow or he's just getting shocked. I'm not sure. But then she's back, and this time she's herself. It's her. She's like, where am I? What happened? I was at the party. Oh, the lawnmower, that thing. So finally he's got her back and she's acting like herself. But then she looks down and she's like, these are not my legs. These are not my boobs. This isn't my hand. What the fuck, Jeff? And he starts trying to dig himself out of that hole of why did you give me all these parts that aren't like me? I'm a 
bigger girl. I'm more of a Lane Bryant variety, and you've put all these skinny, skinny body parts on me, and uh, she's a little bit upset. Yes, she's back to life, but upset that he changed her. And then Zora walks in. He sees a knife on one of Jeff's uh, tables where his supplies are, and he comes up behind Jeff and cuts off his head <laughs> just like that. No hesitation. Protagonist of the movie, gone. Yeah, not even dramatic. No buildup, grabs a knife, whack, he's dead. Uh, and then uh, you want to tell us about the, the purple deep freeze and all of the uh, leftover body parts? Well, I was worried it wasn't going to come back because yeah. when she comes to life, like the electricity goes crazy and it gets the cooler as well that's full of all those spare body parts. And it lights up, and it's all red, and I'm like, I kept waiting for that to pay off, and it never paid off until this moment when, <laughs> and I'm not surprised this is Henlotter, because the creatures that come out of that thing, it gets dumped over, and these creatures come out, and they're like an amalgamation of all the body parts, so it's like, you know, foot butts and, you know, stuff like that, <laughs> with yeah, a little foot butt or a little uh, a little boob leg or yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and very in and but lighter. they're you know mobile between these you know various appendages that they have, and uh, mm. they take what's his name Zorro. Is that like a common name or did they just choose to name this character after the Spanish superhero? I, I guess I don't know how they came up yeah. with that. Well, mm. anyway. So they every pimp I've met is named Zoro. Oh well, then that makes sense. So they drag him into the deep freeze and you know eat him up, which is awful. I mean, it's a pretty gross scene. The little creatures are disgusting. They look very much mm-hmm. like the thing from Basket Case or yeah. something from the movie Society. Oh, for sure. I definitely thought of Society during yeah, that scene. Yeah, it was kind of a like flesh meldy kind of thing but then i guess so that's it like the danger's over i guess yeah they drag zorro back into the deep freeze he's toast and elizabeth picks up jeff's head and then i think we cut to later i think we and she has we y'all left the part out though where no this only Ooh, works on women. Oh, oh right. right. It's an estrogen-based serum. Right. So you can only bring back to life female body parts. Right. Which was a great yes. little plot point for the ending. Because Jeff is brought back to life. His girlfriend, Elizabeth, has looked through his sketches and his notes and managed to bring him back Frankenstyle. Thank you, Alex. And uh, No problem. Yeah. He's alive. He's back. But wait, there's more. He looks down, and he's not Jeff anymore. He's got Jeff's head, but he now has boobs, purple nipples. Mm-hmm. Uh, were they purple? All the nipples were purple. I don't know what happens in this. But... <laughs> and he's got lady parts. Yeah, uh, from from neck to toe. He's a he's a woman now. I mean, he's still got the brain of a man and the, his original head, but you know everything else below the neck is now you know, leftover sex worker parts from that uh, crazy crack explosion. <laughs> God, this movie. And and I should say, this does not look good. It looks awkward. 
and awful. Like a lot of latex, right? A lot of latex. The head doesn't fit right into the neck because it's his head on then like a fake uh-huh. body or whatever. Sure, uh, sure. And it just, it just, it looks bad. It's just a bad positioning of the neck and head, and all of it just looks weird. Uh huh. And we get that 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 flip of you know like when she had woken up and seen her body, she was very upset and like this isn't me. And he's giving her this lecture of like, well, I had to, and it did it because of this and that, and. Now she's giving him the exact same lecture. He's like, well, why did you change my parts? Where's my body? Where's my dick? <laughs> and, like, she pulls this full-size mirror and shows him, and he's like, now it looks like a Ken doll, uh, <laughs> and he, he's got nothing down there, and she's explaining to him. So he's getting a taste of his own medicine of, uh, you know, getting a body he didn't want. He wanted his own body. And, and to be clear, so, yeah. what he actually yelled was, where's my Johnson? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> my Johnson. Don't want to misrepresent uh, there. I haven't heard it called a Johnson in such a long time. Now, remember the big Johnson t-shirt craze in the 90s? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there was a gift shop in my mall, my shopping mall where I grew up, and they had a whole wall of big Johnson yep, shirts. I remember that. God. Uh, that guy, I mean, whoever came up with that got ripped off immediately, but I hope he made some money. I think you made a little money. So Jeff has no Johnson. He's very upset. And the ending is basically him looking at his body, looking up at the camera, and just screaming with horror. It reminded me of the ending of Kevin Smith's Tusk, where uh, Justin Long has been turned into a walrus, and he's just like, God, that movie. Moaning at the end. That movie is so terrible. Oddly sad and disturbing, despite its very silly content or idea. it was. I guess they, it with a good movie, you could make it anything. But it was so stupid. He turned a guy turned a guy into a walrus. It was so dumb. Um, so this movie, I did not go in expecting to like this at all. Uh-huh. I really didn't. And I love this movie. Like I, I you love Frankenhooker. I thought it was. I thought it was stupid and uh-huh. just to the right. For like we weren't in like. Transylvania six five thousand territory. It wasn't sure. like slapstick or whatever, but it was also yeah. ridiculous, but not like as ridiculous as trauma or something. Even though it was a trauma film, yeah. you know, it wasn't like I didn't know that when we picked it. I had no idea it was trauma until that famous you know intro came yeah. on that title card. But I mean, like I thought it was, I thought it was super entertaining. I I liked it. I liked it that it, uh, you know, this guy was basically a bad guy the entire time, and he like. Mm-hmm got up he got his come up a couple of times so i liked it yeah and it was a great statement on body shaming uh, love your body sure don't try oh, to change right. your body yeah that's right Farrell, what do you think when i was first invited to come on this i was like oh please don't ask me to watch black double doll <laughs> and i had not watched frankenhooker i was like okay well let's let's go with it um and it's not black double doll so nope. as long as it's not Black Devil Doll, I'm good. I, I did not love the representation of sex workers, um, but for what it is, it's not a terrible movie. Yeah, It could be way worse, right? I mean, like, that's what I assumed. I was like, this is going to be garbage. But I enjoyed some of the physical effects. I loved yeah. the... Uh, exploding girls. I love the exploding heads of the guy. 
mm-hmm. like there was a lot. I love I love any movie where electricity, like lightning from the sky, is like mm-hmm. a catalyst for something. I I love those movies, like you know <clears throat> Friday Thirteenth or uh, you know movies like Frankenstein. Anything where lightning's thing that gives you power, I I dig that. So I dig it. Uh, Micah, did you like it? I mean, if if I were a teenager and I found a movie with this much nakedness in it, I would be ecstatic. Yeah, there was a lot. I would I would guard that VHS with my life and wait till my parents left and I would watch that over and over again. Because you get so much nudity from this. So if you're in it for seeing naked people, oh, teenagers, go find Frankenhooker. You're going to love yep. it. There you go. Teenagers of course, we were hard up to find the internet. Th- it's much easier. That's true. I know, right? They don't even have to work for it. Whatever. Yeah, you just jump on Pornhub. But, you know, 1980s us, this would have been a find. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's so ridiculous. And Jeff talking to himself went on for days. And I don't know if that was a real or fake Jersey accent, but that went on for a very long time. They set out to make the, they, they made the movie they intended to make, absolutely. which was an absolutely ridiculous movie. Correct. Um, so I think if you, uh, like the B rate movies from the eighties and nineties, you know, anything schlocky, this is going to be your cup of tea for sure. All right. So, so now we got to come up with a rating system. We've got a lot to choose from. So, Farah, every episode we come up with a rating system based on the movie, uh, something from the movie, like with Frank and Hooker, we could say how many, let's see here, how many muscle pimps, how many <laughs> uh, crack super crack addicted exploding sex workers how many? I, I have and a then good we rate one it, for you, know. you all right okay so back in the day when sex workers advertised on craigslist you would see things like uh 300 roses and what they were saying is oh that's 300 dollars for an hour of my time generally mm-hmm. um and there was an idea that if you didn't say money you didn't mention money and you said no i want you to bring 300 roses in exchange for my time it was understood you were actually supposed to bring money so Mm -hmm. that's what if you're looking at providers i would say use a system where you're like x number of roses to this movie there you go roses i'm happy to do this uh so how many craigslist Sex ad roses. Yeah. There we go. All right. All right. So my. So, and it's a 10 scale, Farah. Uh, so, how out of 10 is what we typically do. So, Farah, what, how many uh, Craigslist sex ad red roses would you give this movie? I would give it five. I thought it was pretty hilarious. My favorite part was mm-hmm. that absolutely nobody remarked on the fact that there is a brain with an eyeball on the table. Yep. Uh-huh. And mom <laughs> even seemed very fond of it. Like, oh, your brain yeah, is looking did. really great today. Yeah. No, no other thought to that. I mean, like uh-huh. that, that was so even outside of this movie almost, you know, like it, it almost didn't even fit there. It, it looked like a brain from Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> uh, uh, Micah, what about you? Oh, I'm with Farah. I think I'm going to go with a 6 out of 10 um, Craigslist sex worker ad roses. All right. And I will match you once again with a 6 out of 10 
Craigslist sex ad red roses. This has been happening a lot where we match yeah, up. Yeah, I think, well, our, our styles, they're, they're meshing. We're becoming one horror fan. <laughs> oh, I don't like that at all. I don't like that one You're bit. Franken horror I mean, fan. isn't that the whole... Yeah, that's right. It's we're like we're like the the people from society melding together. Oh, the, the Borg? what did they call that? Uh, what what was it called? <laughs> the Borg. There was oh, the, the Borg. Sh- the shunting. Oh, the shunting. That's what it was. Alex and I are shunting with yes. each other. Uh, Farah, have oh you God. have you ever seen Society? No, I have not. It's like uh, I guess probably mid early to mid. Uh, I don't know. It's an 80s horror movie, and Screamy Mad George does the special effects for it. <clears throat> and it's just yeah. about this weird-ass, like, rich society and mm-hmm. what they do in the shadows. And what they do in the shadows is the shunting. And it is Which, What is it even? What is the shunting? It's where rich people take poor people... And then they meld their bodies with them. It's like an orgy, except, and they do seem to get sexual pleasure out of it. But all of their bodies meld into this goo and uh-huh. consume the victim. It is weird, and we lo- and we loved it. it. Was probably one of our favorites, and probably one of our most listened to episodes. Yeah, and uh, it's an episode. I I mean, it's a movie I remember from being a kid. You should anyway. Farrah, to get not to get too far off the subject, you should watch Society. I'm adding it to my list. Put it on the list. It, it, it's worth a watch. Um, <clears throat> so that leaves us with a few things to do. Uh, we still got to know what you're into. We've got to award our yeah, crunchiest kill. Yeah, I think right now the answer is clear. We need to do some crunchiest kill, right? Let's do it. Yeah. All right, so crunchiest kill. Yeah. What was the crunchiest kill? Yeah, hold on. There we go. Ah! Crunchiest kill. Still getting this board down. Um, hmm, Alex, do you already have one picked out? Yeah, I think the crunchiest kill. I mean, it would be really easy to just claim the entire exploding girl scene. Because they're, I mean, oh, that's sure. got to be the crunchiest mm-hmm. kill because all of them die and there's a lot of them and it's just explosion yeah. after explosion after explosion. Um, so good. So I'll, I'll leave that up there and I'll say that I think it's pretty good when he gets his, uh, head chopped off, but I like the guy whose head explodes while he's given her head or while he explodes, whatever, while he's given her head underneath the table at the bar. Crunch his kill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exploding man under the table doing whatever he's doing. I guess he was giving her head. He had to be connected to her somehow for the explosion to work, right? I guess right? it could be a foot thing. Maybe he's in feet. It could just be in yeah, feet. So he, yeah, he could have been doing a foot thing down there. So it's, A little toe sucking going on? He could have been doing that. In fact, that would more account for how far his legs were out from under the table. Oh, maybe that'll be my final sound for the after the squeaky wheel. It'll be the sound of him sucking her. <laughs> Frankenstein. <laughs> <laughs> All right, planning ahead. Uh, so, what about you guys, Farah? Uh, you get your pick. Go for it. I think the scene where Zoro opens the door and the whole head—that's clearly very fake. 
comes flying out and knocks him whole. Oh, that's right. That's my favorite. Uh, that is a good that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, Micah. Man. <laughs> Uh, I just I'm going for the easy one, of course. I am going for the uh, Baker's dozen exploding yeah. sex work. I mean, it has to be in there. It just never stopped. It was like being at a Fourth of July show where you're like, "Oh, that's got to be it," and they just keep going. It was like that. And you hear some actual fireworks in yeah, there. That's I, true. You know, you hear some whistles. Bing! Yeah. Did you also notice yeah. that uh, when <laughs> the, the sound effects for the Bob the body parts that were in the freezer? When it was bubbling in its yeah. goo, did you notice that the and getting fried and stuff? The sound effects was just cats yelling. <laughs> it was just cats going meow, meow. It was like, like it was so noticeable that my cat popped up out of a dead sleep and like ran into the room. Really? Yeah, absolutely. He noticed it immediately. So, uh, that's good. all right. Well, then, uh, okay. Micah, I guess you want me to ask. You kind of prompt me for it. So. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to. What are you doing? Ah! Here. What are you doing? What are you doing? What's all the screaming about? What are you into? So yeah, what am I into? Farah, by the way, this is called "What Are You Into." It's really important part of the show where we talk about anything else that we're into. Does not have to be horror related. Doesn't even have to be entertainment related. It can be I got a new pair of shoes or whatever. Um, so yeah, so Alex and I will go first. So you have plenty of time to think about what you're into. Uh, I am into, dude, I've been reading Todd Berry's book. Uh, thank you for coming to Hattiesburg. I think I even talked about this last episode. I'm on a Todd Berry kick, which is perfect because he has a new special coming out. So I'm very excited to watch that. And I can't wait to see the guy live. Um, and then that is about it. Let's see here. Yeah, that's what I'm into. I've been reading that. I've been reading a lot lately. And the other thing I'm into is getting through this mother-humping heat wave mm. into the fall because I'm <clears throat> over it. Over the heat. Yeah. I don't like it. It's not funny. It makes me angry. I'm tired of being soaked in sweat. I smell terrible. <laughs> I don't know if it, the summer can be to blame for that, but uh, <laughs> it was... It is just miserable out there, though. It is just so gross out there. It's actually kind of nice today. I think we're in like, I think we're at like ninety, uh-huh. and and uh-huh. and I'm calling that nice. It was a hundred ten uh, last week. It was, ah, it was gross. Just the worst. Gross. <clears throat> I don't want yeah, that. Just disgusting. Anyway, what am I into? I'm also reading a lot. Uh, too many things to really go into. I've got like, I think I. Oh, that's right. I sent you a you book. You sent me a book, yes. And I and I usually read like three books at a time, so like that's no mm-hmm. big deal. But right now I've like eked yeah. in a fourth and it's kind of starting to blend together. So I have been reading a lot. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I have also uh, been digging the hell out of reclaiming my office from my baby squirrels that I had to raise. And yeah. uh, I've been spending so much time in my office lately, and it is now like the coolest office in the world because I'm working in there all the time. And you should come see my house; it's amazing. Is it nice to have your office it is back? Nice to have my office back. I love baby squirrels; they were great. It's great uh-huh. they live in my yard now. So what, wow. what were they doing That's cool. that you had to reclaim your office? Uh they were they. I had to raise them. We found these baby tiny baby squirrels in my backyard and the parents wouldn't come back for them and so we had to raise them for like 
it was like six months, <clears throat> something like that, four, five, oh. six months. I think it was like six months uh, before you can release them. And then we released them. And now I have my office back. They were in my office in a cage, but yeah. it wasn't fun to be in there because, you know, squirrels suck. I, I, that's still too crazy. I can't believe you raised squirrels for six months and turned your office into a squirrel. Ah, they were so cute, man. They're so cool. And I can still spot them in my backyard. So, Farrah, what are you into? Um, well, right now, I am getting ready for Halloween. So, we do Hell yeah. an inter- entire front yard. We have a corner lot. So, we have a lot of real estate to put Halloween on. And we're very excited. We've got like six of those skull arches from Home Depot and like three oh, of those 12 yeah. foot skeletons. And we're going to have doing three of the 12 show. foot skeletons. Yes. Holy crap. That must be amazing. You have got to send us a picture. Absolutely. We're going to be doing like a light show and it's going to be phenomenal. I'll send you all pictures and video. It's going to be great. Oh, oh, we yeah. would love that. That is awesome. That is so cool. I'm a big Halloween nut too. So, uh, you, uh, yeah. We also need your address because we've got to mail you uh, ah, your swag right. bag. Our thank you. Absolutely. I will. I will send that over to you. All right. Fantastic. So, Micah, you know what this means, Alex? What's it this mean? means that there are two contestants left, each vying to be mm-hmm. this week's final girl. So they too can be a winner of our mystery prize and i think it is time Mm -hmm. to get to those people all right here we go we've made it to the final round well danny dimples delasky wilma cox you have been together on a team so far but if you listen closely you'll hear the sound of me ripping you apart That's right, you're no longer on a team. Only one of you will survive this round. The other will die a grisly death, most likely. So, what we're gonna do is we're gonna put your names into the hatch. We'll close the hatch. We'll spin that wheel. Hurry, 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 hurry. (laughs) That was a toe suck sound effect, in case you didn't know. Uh, Up first, it is Wilma Cox. All right, Wilma. Let's find out your fate. He's watching a plastic black. Sorry, let me. me (laughs) I love it when you mess it up. Unique New York. Unique New York. Red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather. You got it. You got it. Wilma Cox. He's watching a plastic bag float in the breeze. He says it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. You find it endearing. He asks if you want to make love. You say, I'm keeping myself pure for God up above. Yes. You survive. You survive. <laughs> All right. Good job, Wilma. Good job, Wilma. Well done. Which means Danny oh. Dimples Delasky. It does not look good. It does not look good. <laughs> All right, Danny. What about you? Do you think it's cool that I like watching plastic bags? Will you let me take you to bed? Sure, why not, you say. We can shag. I'll even give you a head. So you find yourself banging the plastic bag boy. Then he suffocates you with his bag. (laughs) It is not a toy. You're dead. Oh, that was a... 
It was like a maze to get through that. Wow. <laughs> what about you? Do you, you think it's cool I like plastic bags? <laughs> hey, she was into it. <laughs> Suffocated with that plastic bag. That's why we have that warning on there, kids. Not a toy. All right. Rest in peace, Danny Dimples, Delasky, Wilma Cox. You are the final girl. Congratulations. Your fight is almost over. If you wish to claim your prize, get on Instagram. Direct messages. Don't comment. We don't want the other players to know who lived or died until they listen to the show. But send us a direct message that says, hey, guys, I'm the final girl. Send me that mystery prize, and we will get it in the mail to you. Thank you for your playing, everybody who died. Come back and play again. Congratulations, Wilma Cox. You're our final girl. Yay! Well done, Wilma. <sighs> we did it. This is the end of the show. We made it through Frankenhooker. Yeah. We, we saw a lot of good people die today. Farah, thanks for coming on this long journey with us. Thanks so much uh, for having what me. What did you think? Uh, Lauder, he's a little bit better director this time he around. He's a little he better than the last time we saw Basket him, Case. Yeah, there's, there's a lot that's bad. So It still reeks of Lauder though. It's definitely... You know, you haven't told me what the next movie we're watching is. That is right. Okay. We are having a very special guest on. Her name is Miss Stephanie Greenhaw. She is a film critic. She is a fellow horror podcaster. She picked a movie for us. Dude, this is not in our typical wheelhouse here. Uh, Stephanie picked Silent Hill. Silent Hill, okay. It was going to... That's not usually, you know, you, you and I don't usually do a lot of the... I mean, you especially don't love the supernatural stuff. You know... Uh, I don't love the supernatural stuff, but I mean, hours of my life were wasted. Probably days of my life were wasted playing Silent Hill. So this was going to make it. Yeah. This was going to make it onto the list eventually. So I'm glad we're doing it. I mean, I haven't seen it since it came out. What is that? Like 17 years ago, something like that. I don't want to talk about that. That's terrible. Does it make you feel old? I'm, but yeah, Stephanie's going to come on. Stephanie Greenhaw, she is a.k.a. the Angry Princess. She's graphic designer, producer, a Rotten Tomatoes critic, a podcaster, a writer, and an editor. Uh, they put out a lot of content over at her joint called Morbidly Beautiful. So she'll be on the show. and We'll be watching Silent Hill. So listeners, you have your homework. Go watch Silent Hill. Come back very, and talk about it with us. Very cool. Well, again, Farah, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. This was thank great. You, and watching that movie. Thank you so much, y'all. And uh, Micah, you know, I love doing this show with you. Do you know that? I know you love doing the show with me, yeah. but do you love me? I do love you. I love you, Alex. Oh, that's sweet. And you're my boy. And we love all of you out there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Tell a friend if you like us. Tell a friend if you don't. Maybe they will. You never know. And we will see you in two weeks where we will be watching Silent Hill. See you then, everybody. Good day. I said good day. <laughs>